nabibigla Sorry guys ha, oh. nabibigla ako din sa kit nakita ko, bumibigla na naman ako, anyhow <laughs> The heck with... Who made that one? I don't know. Well, Anyhow, well, good evening. I would guess Joe. <laughs> I guess it's Joe. So good evening, everyone. This is Time is Gaming Podcast. Our games and bodies may grow old, but our gaming experience will remain timeless. So, yes. Dan. So, good evening, guys. And good morning, Dan. Good morning, people. Good evening, Hello, good morning. Good morning, sir. Uh, good evening, sir, Pao. And by the way, this show is brought to you by, well, Pinoy Retro Gaming. So, yesterday, um, just a quick review lang, guys. Uh, yesterday, uh, we, uh, the Pinoy Retro Gaming crew went here in my crib, in my, uh, my, con, um, in my little crib. And we actually um, celebrated our... Um, PRG anniversary or Pinoy Retro Gaming anniversary. So, um, well, uh, in on all the supporters out there, whether you're in the international side and uh, the uh, uh, domestic side, a uh, 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 locally side, thank you so much for giving us the opportunity to um, to give you uh, some uh, retro gaming contents that you should have. Longly PRG, good evening PRG fam uh, in the chats right now. So, let's do this. Let's do this thing. So <laughs> I'm beginning uh, I'm some I'm having some nervous uh, nervous things right now. So, yeah. Again, butterflies. Yeah, uh, butterfly yeah. effect. Don't worry about it, Raymond. Right. You know, don't worry about it. So Raymond. right now we're right behind you all the way. Don't um, worry about it. Right now, um, our topic is all about the gaming mates as as seen as an, in an our episode. But but before that, um, we're just going to tackle some um, what do you call this? A movie review or a movie perspective because recently, um, Super Mario Brothers was released last. Um, April 19th. So wait, I'll just put my share screen here. Mm-hmm. So uh, ano, um, so right now in uh, in theaters, Super Mario Brothers now is um, already uh, already showing on the cinemas, and we have the opportunity because one of our panelists, Sir Pau, has already seen it. So uh, Pau, which, mm-hmm. uh, as a gamer and as a moviegoer, what's what are your um, thoughts about this uh, movie? Well, I would like to start first by talking as a moviegoer since I am more of a gamer than just a moviegoer knowing that I have been playing these games way, ba- way back in my childhood. So if so if as a moviegoer who's just, as Tito Joel would tell earlier, who's just bored and just wants to find something to watch. Mm, seeing that this is also in cooperation with Illumination Entertainment, the, the people behind the Despicable Me and Minions movies, mm. this is very much expected to be for kids. And, and, and knowing that... Um, it could it could be appealing to a moviegoer like me if I want if I want to see something fun and enter and entertaining. 
it could not appeal to me if I am not that one who who's a fan of such such kind of movies made for kids. But then me me all who is also looking for looking for certain details that would that would tell if a movie is good or bad. I I listen to the soundtracks that were used and even as a moviegoer uh, of my age who who has a who has somewhat knowledge with the with with the game with the franchise to the source material in general i would say that i would say that it's pretty de- it's pretty decent and pretty decent and at the same time it's cool to it's cool to hear certain soundtracks that well you would not you would not really expect to hear knowing that super mario is a is an 80s icon being created in 1985 it's it's somewhat cool to hear soundtracks from that decade itself and i'm not gonna and i'm not gonna say some of those soundtracks unless you you yourself have heard them in certain in certain trailers maybe they're maybe real or unreal mm. as so as, for as a gamer um that um play the game what are the game references in the movie na, uh, easter no. eggs Okay. As a gamer, the the references, the Easter eggs, you you would find them in spots that you will not really expect. Although it's really hard not, it's really hard to mention some of this because I could possibly spoil anything for those who haven't watched it. Because so, the, it's better them to be uh, to find it out. Yes. Rather than to spoil them. Yes, exactly. because all right. all those Easter eggs are more of a spoilers for everyone who haven't watched the movie. Actually, it's not kind of a spoiler right now. It's already the fourth day of the it's the fourth day of the movie. Pero it it's okay. It's okay, Pao. Pero yeah, that's it. So thank you so much, Pao, for oh, yeah. again. Yes, yes. Yeah, and one more thing, I can say I can say that even though. It's it kind of sucks that it's not the voice actor that we know since this is Chris Pratt. At least he tried his best even though it's not 100% as accurate as the voice actor of Mario. And overall, as I have mentioned in my post yesterday, the what's the the best thing about movies is that they stay true to the source material. Exactly, right? It's better to be in the source material nga. Um, stay true for this uh, source material. Yeah, I know. I, I, as you know, he might he might be a good um, Chris Pratt, but he certainly no Captain Lou Albano. I guess I'm I'm <laughs> deriving from <laughs> I'm deriving from Sir Pau's uh, from Sir Pau's review, and JDM gets that reference. Okay, one day Marcus gets that reference. I, I don't think I would like the movie if it was voiced by. Um, uh, Charles Martinez. Okay. Uh, yeah. Charles uh, Martinez. Charles Martinez. Because if he's voicing Mario, he was only using like like punchlines, right? Like mm. uh, phrases. It's not like the entire sent. He's saying entire sent. But as a wrestling fan, JDM, you would support <laughs> if it was Captain Lou Albano doing the voice, right? Of course, Ooh. yes. Yeah, there you go. See, <laughs> he has the physique as well, right? 
Oh yeah, he absolutely has a physique. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure if Dan is familiar with with the '90s. Was it '80s or '90s cartoon series of Super Mario Brothers? Were you, Dan? I, I know of it. I've seen clips. I've never. Oh, you've never it. seen it? Ah, oh, it was a formative uh, part of our childhood. It was a formative part of our like childhood. This is like a fan, Tito Joey. Oh it's yeah, that's true. That's true. Yes, that's true. But yeah, Dan is like a fan. <clears throat> yes, that's true. If we're but... going to ask him if mm. he watched the Sonic. Uh, Sonic mm. animation. He definitely watch it now. Mm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's true. That's true. It's just that. Just letting Dan know that back in the 80s or 90s, when when it was showing in the Philippines, uh, Super Mario Brothers was was uh, the, the the cartoon series, and with the live action segments with Captain Lou Albano, was big for us gamers back then because it was the one of the first times that we'd ever seen uh, a, a show based on uh, one of our video game series. Yeah. So it was kind of you know it was kind of part of our formative use if you I saw think, captain globano I, i think one of the 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 things that always strikes me is mm. that, um being bought up let's say i i, I like sega and nintendo in my teens mm. but, but sega were more connected to mm. the to the 80s movie franchise it was more mm. it was more more a case of most sega games were based on a a action-based movie so you've got afterburner that was mm. based, based on top gun yes mm-hmm. i mean you, you you'd got you, you'd got like um shinobi which were based on all your various ninja films and that shokosugi so, ninja movies oh i love those exactly <laughs> exactly so so it were it were kind of like the other way around you know i i was more into things like i wanted to watch a movie and then see the game of the movie mm. Uh, yes. Rather than the other way around, as a, as a kid, as a kid, it's obviously changed now, and it's changed. That's a very good way of thinking about it. Actually, that's that's cool. That that is very true, Dan. Sometimes, and Sega's approach was more of watch, uh, take the movie, and then make a great video game out of it, shall we say? And it's it's and it's not necessarily the, a licensee of the movie that the, the video game was made out of, but you know, it was it was fun nevertheless. <laughs> All right, back to you, uh, Raymond. Okay, so thank you so much, um, Pao. So mm-hmm. let's go now to our main topic, which is the gaming meets um, mm-hmm. that will be held by our own Sir Pao. So Sir Pao, mm-hmm. take it away. So, so good evening again. And for this episode, I I have just thought about certain things that I remember when I play games back in my childhood days. Especially during those days where there's no internet and and no social media, we only rely on walk through, written walkthroughs, gaming magazines, and most especially what we call the word of the mouth, wherein they people say this, people say that about the games that we play, and that and so gaming with myths were born. In in those days, especially during the 90s. So when so the first question would be, what are gaming myths, and why do these myths exist? Why why would why would people make up or make should I say make these myths for us to be for us to believe in or for for us to at least try to prove if it's uh for me for. For the uh, well, do you want some? Um, uh, I think, ano eh, uh, they want some enjoyment in the game. 
mm-hmm. at the same time ma-excite mm. on the game. So whether if, if the myth is true or not. So mm. It depends eh. It depends whether if the myth is true or if it's not, right? Mm-hmm. So so uh, so I guess it so I guess it's just for the sake of making us believe that this is a, this is part of a game that uh, if that's how I see it. Well, uh, if you want my opinion, Sir Pao, yeah. my opinion as to why people tended to make gaming myths or try to spread rumors about video games back in the old days, you kind of pinpointed it right off the bat. Mm-hmm. Those were the days that there was no such thing as an internet. So we we thrived on nothing but word of mouth, rumors, and gossip. So in those days, when something got really popular, people tended to kind of say, wouldn't it be cool if something like this were there? And then that kind of morphs into, yeah, that is kind of cool. And then, you know, the, the word would kind of get passed around as, you know, would it be, wouldn't it be nice? It turns from wouldn't it be nice to I'd heard it something like this was in there. Yeah. So it kind of morphed into this little mythology slash urban legend slash rumor gossip that something like this might be in there, but I'm not sure. I'd heard a guy tell a guy, tell another guy, and that guy told, well, I was behind the dumpster. So, you know, <laughs> so something like that, you know, would happen. And that was the 80s. There was no such thing as the internet. We would pass things by word of mouth and things started to develop a life of their own because people played something, wished there was more to it, and kind of, you know, kind of shot shot the breeze and it developed a life of its own. That's my personal mm-hmm. guess on how the, a lot of these myths came to be. And, and, to, and that, made me rea- that made me realize one thing. No, no one knows where this, meets, where this myths came from. Very true. Very true. Yeah, you, you have a lot of the time. A lot of the time, you have no idea where a particular myth comes from, unless it was one of the famous April, uh, April Fool's Day myths in a particular magazine, which we will be discussing <laughs> as the episode goes on. So, yes. yeah. How about Dan? Well, I'm curious about uh, what Dan's take on it is. I agree. Um, I think a lot of gaming myths come from that. I also think they come from very clever promoters too. I think uh, ah. very clever promoters. <laughs> Um, uh, uh, got wind. Like I say, I, th- I think a lot of it is generated, as uh, as you say, Sir Joel, from mm. um, from uh, players themselves wanting more out of the game. But then I also think promoters get wind of that and then start to push. Do you know this might happen? Do you know that might happen? And mm. it creates a mythos and uh, uh, a bit of interest around the game too. Mm. Yeah, that's yeah. I completely agree on that one. When you know, let's hear from. One of our less uh, less verbal guys, but he's he's a man of action himself. Juan de Marcos. I want to hear what JDM might yeah. think about this whole thing. I was actually about to say about mm. the promotions, the marketing. Mm. Yeah, it's all about the marketing. Come on. Mm. Uh, it's not enough to put uh, Sega does what Nintendo don't and mm. uh, like pictures on the magazine. Let's mm. just put it in the game. So uh, people will see, people will try to find it, uh, however, uh, whatever ways they can. I think that's the beauty of it. Uh, creating a game, putting any Easter eggs inside, so people can like it will a- it will actually help with the replayability of the game, right? especially when they are those large open world games where you are free to explore 
uh, the worlds and um, yeah, it's going to be a, like a big treasure chest, uh, treasure map of Easter eggs. Mm, yeah. Uh, so, uh, sorry about that, Dan. Go ahead. No, Dan, who speak? Oh, okay, sorry about oh. that. Uh, first things first, though. Let's let's. Uh, it's not just he- us here in the panel who are having a conversation. It sounds mm-hmm. like the people in the chats are going crazy over what they define as myths are and legends. <laughs> let's have somebody read them out. Um, uh, Sir Powell, since you're the captain, you take so. So let's start with this uh, from our from our PR from our Pinay Retro Gaming Master Quebel Valenzuela. Yeah. Video games are only for boys. Mm, this is a myth that suggests that video games are only enjoyed by boys and that girls are not interested in them. In reality, girls and women make up a significant portion of the gaming community. Very true, very true. Proof positive that of that was my missus. Uh mm-hmm. is my missus and, you know, uh she's as much of a gamer as i am it's just that we game differently she loves her sims she loves her uh, uh bejeweled games she absolutely loves those she gets she gets into a zen mode when she plays bejeweled anyway continue sir pop we have here from our fa- from our facebook comments reiki and he says what's amazing about this myths is different countries share or have the same gaming myths so it's so it's like he's pointing out that it's not just happening here. It's not just happening there, but it's happening everywhere. These myths are everywhere worldwide, and Which whether kind of... this, and whether sorry, sorry, these sorry, myths sorry. are game based mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. as would as I would like to say hardware-based. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is which kind of lends credence to JDM's and, and Sir Dan's theory of it being partially because of the promoters uh, of the marketers of the game so because they would have a coordinated effort of you know they'd call each other across countries and say you know let's kind of foster this rumor about the game to kind of help promote it it's it's a nice little theory which is a myth maybe right now we could prove it later on i guess (laughs) continue sir pao and from joe rpg who will be joining us later yeah some strange guy named joe rpg i wonder who that guy is (laughs) (laughs) he's an anonymous guy i know he's he's, he pops up in our chats all the time but anyway Yeah, he, he's, he's, he just, you know. All right, well, Sir Pao, continue. And as he, and as he says, the conspiracy theorist in me says the developers themselves were scattering these rumors themselves, then deny it hardly when they were called out. I mean, heck, it, it, remi- it reminds me of the old uh, how antivirus makers used to kind of, you know. I was really- about to. <laughs> I was about to ask that earlier after JDM mentioned his point of view. So, mm. does, th- so does this mean these game developers are trying to fool us all this time? <laughs> I mean, heck, it, it, uh, what, what's the old saying, Dan? Uh, any publicity is good publicity, right? Oh, yeah, that's it. That's it. Mm. Exactly, mate. Exactly. Any good, mm. any there's no such no such thing as bad publicity. There you go. That's it. <laughs> there's no such thing as bad publicity. There you go. Continue, Sir Paul. I like this comment of Bell. Mm-hmm. Can I read it? Gaming sure. is a waste of time. A myth that explains playing games is unproductive and does not provide any benefits. However, research has shown that gaming can improve cognitive abilities, problem solving, and skills and decision making. Oh, absolutely. Basically, yes. That, yes, that Bell hit it out of the park with that comment, really. Honestly, gaming is fundamental. Play is fundamental to human development. Uh, all work and no play makes Jack a dull boy. And if 
if you, if you think that gaming is detrimental to somebody's development, then you haven't been gaming at all. Maybe oh. that's probably why you're a dull boy. <laughs> to, uh, to, to back you up on that, I think that's a great point because my day job is that of a logistics manager. I'm a transport manager. Oh. And uh, I organize um, uh, movements for around 15,000 tons worth of goods nationwide around mm. Um, around 70 vehicle movements a day and a lot of that i learned from playing strategy games a lot, oh, well, a lot, a lot, a lot <laughs> the, the grounding in that the grounding of that was from being a young kid uh, and working out resource management and, and your know, various vehicle movements and whatnot and what have you on strategy games and then that provided me with like a bit of a foundation to build upon to, to go into a career with it so, mm. so obviously i have to train and learn more on top of that but but it's a similar principle. So uh, video games, I totally agree, um, are very beneficial in a lot of ways. There this, you remi go. this reminds me of a certain people who told me, are you going to earn by playing games? Ah, uh, that's gonna... it's, it's, it's the old, uh, the, how parents used to berate us kids way back when we were, when we were in grade school. And we would spend afternoons uh playing games like crazy are you going to make any money doing that you know is are you going to make that a career and surprisingly nowadays it does make us money especially if you develop a really good game or if you go into the game development uh arena it can make you a good a pretty penny i wouldn't be surprised or even by just streaming which is our counter attack to those <laughs> Right. To those complaints right now. Mm -hmm. so, also, right, about uh, Bill's comment, yeah. Yeah, um, they say that it's unproductive, it's detrimental, it's not something you should be uh, like delving into. But why? I have to ask this question: Why do we have these uh, game developers, right? Mm -hmm. mm, that's true. I do. That's very true. Most of the game developers that we know right now, they started like playing video games. So that's uh, what motivated them to make this video games for everyone. Mm -hmm. And in their mind, uh, they would like uh, the young, especially young people to see that this is how uh, we learn things. And for me, as a personal experience, I grew up playing video games. And I think that is one of the reasons why I can read or speak english because mm, of the yeah. uh rpg games that i have played when i was a kid very true, very true. Mm -hmm. all right so let's let's go ahead now um pao so okay. what is your topics for so, this um, so through those comments we were able to to learn certain myths outside of the outside of the software and more of the more of the belief, beliefs of the old and this time we are now going to to talk about some of the most well-known myths in video games itself in video games itself mm. some of some of these myths that for for some for some until today they are not or or will never be proven true and some have have found their way to being the truth the truth itself so let's have let's have a look on on these gaming myths and talk about them one by one by era or but or should i say by by timeline by timeline starting from the time of atari and 
as early as early as the Atari era, there has already been this there's already been this gaming myth regarding the regarding the Atar- one of Atari's popular games, ET or Extraterrestrial. Oh, yeah. Uh, as you know, as uh, one of the original, one of the carts programmed by uh, a very good friend of ours, Howard Scott Warshaw, a very good friend yes. of ours in Timeless Gamer. All right, continue, Sir Bao. And and he has been our guest la- like last year, I guess, if I can remember. So, yeah, about a year. So for this game, ET, there was there was this rumor or myth wherein certain unsold copy were. Taken out of the shelf, trashed, burned, and then buried in a dump site in New Mexico. So, upon upon learning upon learning the upon learning this myth, on my on the last time I researched about this, they say that until present day, it is still not proven true. But according to one, but according to one of our panelists right here, I've just heard this from him. Minutes ago, Tito Joel, mm. Banyagang yes. native, mentioned <laughs> that it has been proven true. So, Tito Joel, how was it proven true? Uh, if you guys want, you can actually check out the docu, the docu movie. Uh, shall we say it's? I, I, I'm not quite sure what the proper term for it is. It's a, it's more of a documentary slash dramatization movie of uh, titled uh, Atari Game Over, if I remember correctly. So it kind of chronicled how the the last few days of the company atari and how they were really suffering from a glut of of low quality software that was coming out on their system on atari so a lot of carts got uh, got got piled up on retailers and they they got an overstock and they had to ship them back ship them back to atari and atari having no place to put them was forced to consign them to uh to New Mexico, and yeah, the, the 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 myth kind of has a ring of truth to it. That well, not a ring, but like has the bits and pieces of to it that the the, the thousands of cartridges, not necessarily just ET, but a lot of Atari inventory cartridges, Atari twenty six hundred cartridges, fifty two hundred and uh, seventy eight hundred, if I remember correctly, Dan, were um, brought into uh, a, a, a landfill in New Mexico and buried there mm-hmm. because it was cheaper to just throw them out and destroy them rather than keep them in storage in warehouses because keeping them in warehouses costs money whereas if you just throw them out now and throw them out the inventory just write them off as a loss you can actually write them off for tax purposes and Atari might have actually gone that route said you know we are suffering total losses we'll write these off against our taxes and we'll just not we'll just bite the bullet and take the loss in terms of of inventory costs so if you guys want you can check it out uh Atari game over the documentary movie it actually stars Howard Scott Warshaw again mm-hmm. he was there during the time that they excavated the landfill in New Mexico and they did find a lot of Atari cartridges down there some so of which were ET mm-hmm. but a lot of it were just various Atari uh, Atari cartridges and people, re- people were there for the excavation and they were surprised that it was real so yeah that's so it. so at at this point it's not really that much considered a myth if it was already proven, if it, if it was already proven true, yes. The 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 only thing that, the only thing that 
that's making me ask is if there's a, if there's other games well why is why is it that it's et it's only et that was specifically <laughs> it's mainly because of the fact that actually howard scott warshaw mentioned this during our interview of of him here in timeless gamer you guys can check that out in our archives in the timeless gamer prg YouTube channel we have our archive of past interviews with howard scott warshaw he did say that he took he took the fall for what was considered the worst one of the worst games of all time which is uh, in my personal opinion absolutely not true et was just was actually a marvel uh of a game produced under a tremendous time crunch six weeks to produce a game based on a multi-million dollar property back in the 80s et and it was rushed to market everybody who knew about et wanted to buy the game and when they bought it it did not live up to their expectations and they returned it so i guess the biggest thing about it was that um the biggest thing about it was howard took the blame uh was was blamed for the crash of the gaming video game crash of 1982-80 and he was not instrumental to it but he he became a figurehead of the video game crash of 1982-1983 and his game eat was the one that was highlighted as one of the major causes of people not wanting to game anymore and was actually thrown into the landfill because of all the returned inventory but it's not true in terms of inter- it's not true in terms of howard being the main cause of it or et being the main cause of the video game crash of 80 to 83 but he was there howard was there et was there and it was part of it and i guess that has gone into myth and legend now about how how atari et howard scott warshaw was one of the causes of the video game crash of 83 and contributed to the video game myth legend of et cartridges being dumped by the millions in in the landfall in new mexico in landfill in new mexico so it's a mix of truth and myth shall we say sir power I is see. the so, uh, landfill in the middle of the desert or mm. was it in like just an open space i think it was yeah, um, it. yeah in the desert yeah mm. it, it was because i desert. remember the, the um the fiasco in mm. 2009 mm. Uh, i don't know if you remember the let's uh let's raid area 51 or something oh, like yeah. that <laughs> yeah and maybe there were people that uh were joining the raid then they will try to go in area 51 just to look for uh the atari jaguars in the landfill mm-hmm. instead of going inside area 51 <laughs> there will be like a uh, retro gamers there will join mm-hmm. not to raid area 51 but to raid that treasure full of um atari old atari uh, console uh, oh, there you go it, it's 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 one of the things that that really it comprises part of video game history and it mm-hmm. is a very interesting chapter of a video game video game history considering the fact that there really was a video game crash of 82 83 that happened here in the u.s not so much in the uk right then in the uk yeah. you guys didn't experience anything of the we sort we didn't no we we, uh, we totally oblivious to that that we were we were fine Mm, there you go. <laughs> All right, and that kind of puts the capper on Sir Pao's first video yes. game myth about about the uh, Atari about cartridges the Atari. in eighty uh, cartridges in the landfill in New Mexico. Mm. I, yeah. So from 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 that era of Atari, then the video game crash came it 
the video gra- video game crash came in and then the following years later to to recover from that crash a certain system called Nintendo was released and this began the 8-bit era and and even in the 8-bit era there are certain myths in some video games that were rampant especially uh, especially on games produced by Nintendo Nintendo itself and even on the third party companies that contribute that contributed their game for the NES and the, and one of this one of the myths in the 8-bit era is the so the so famous Konami code but, but hold it right there Konami code is not a myth mm, because, that was because, because Konami code is, has been proven true to certain games however there are there are these people who are trying to say that Konami code works on this Konami code works on that and they may and they made us believe that 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 the Konami code works on all Konami games and I, I was kind of I was kind of a believer of that since I I have played a certain game before made by Konami then then they said that the Konami code works on there but unfortunately it isn't so as as a gamer who knows the Konami code that will help that will help you progress in a Konami game how would you how would you feel if if you find out that the Konami code does not work on a Konami game how is that possible uh, I know somebody who's who's uh, who has something to say about that. One of his favorite games is a Konami Konami game, JDM. <laughs> yeah, JDM. There's, actu- there's actually uh, Konami. You can enter the Konami code in one of the Metal Gear Solid games, which mm. is Metal Gear Solid Three Snake Eater. Mm. Um, it's in the fight with one of the bosses, uh, the one with the sniper, at the end. If you haven't played it, I won't spoil it. Mm. But if you enter the code, um, it's going to reveal the position of your enemy because it's a very long sniper um, boss battle. So you're in the middle of the jungle and your goal is to outwit each other. So mm-hmm. if you enter the Konami code, you will hear that... Um, you will, I think you will hear a chime. Then when you go to the map, it's going to uh, give you um, I think it's a circle where the boss is hiding in red so you can use it to ad- your advantage and do uh, like uh, an ambush or something like so mm. it's proved I it's proven true but I don't think it applies in every Konami game true no, no, it's, it's to be fair I'm, I'm just sorting out this very second an example of a game where Konami actually um, uh, recognized that a lot of people were, were, were trying this code in games that didn't work. Mm-hmm. Um, have you ever heard of The Legend of the Mystical Ninja? Or I believe it's, it's known in, in uh, Japan as German Warrior. Hmm, I think I've heard of it. Yeah, German Warrior, I think. German uh, Warrior. German Warrior, Warrior oh, yes. Uh, I've heard of it. I've never played it. I, I really have to get into that one. Uh, Legend of the Mystical Ninja. I think I've seen the cover of it. Uh, tell us about that, Dan. Well, if you, I'm just, I'm just gonna share a screen. I think Ray, if you can uh, 
Shira, let me just get it up for you. Um, mm, yeah. Um, if, if it lets me, make sure it shares screen. Give me a second. Window. Mm. Uh, here we go. Okay. Um, so this gentleman is, uh, this is on Super Nintendo. Uh, and this is the Legend of the Mystical Ninja. All right. Let's, uh, let's have Raymond put up the screen that, uh, that Dan is sharing. Let's have a very quick look at that. Uh, Legend of the Mystical Ninja. I'm always I'm always up for for finding about uh, finding out about games that are lesser known. You know me, I'm a connoisseur of the obscure. <laughs> and, and, and this is it's a great game. Mm. It really is. It really is a great game. Okay. Um, but it's it's um, if uh, if you do, can you I don't know if you can zoom in on that. Well, yeah, really like likely not. But anyway, describe it ah. to us, Dan. Anyway, basically, um, I, I will try and do it myself here for you, mate. It, it's um, basically um, this is. Um, it's a it's a part of a game where where Konami have been made aware that this Konami code is a big deal. So they take they basically take the mic. Mm-hmm. And here he says you 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 walk into this house. It's a it's a platform uh, game with RPG, with RPG stroke adventure elements. And you walk into an house, and basically this guy says, just between you and me, mm-hmm. if you use the command up up down up up down oh. L R B A the Konami code. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it says nothing will happen. <laughs> that is funny. Okay. So basically, they they were well aware that all these people were inputting the Konami code into various um, into various games, and, mm. and nothing were happening. And so they decided to troll troll the uh, uh, game player and put put that in this game. That if you put the code in, nothing will happen. And when I when I first saw this as a so. I weren't aware of any of this as a kid. Mm, okay. When I first saw this as a kid, all I could think of is why on earth have they put that in the in the uh, <laughs> game? That, that, you, that must have you must activate something. So I tr- I tried that, that code mm. on, on, on the title screen, you know, uh, or, or at different parts in the game, you know, different shops and everything, and nothing, nothing happened. Nothing happened. So. Uh, <laughs> Konami knew what we're going off. Konami yeah, knew. I mean the Konami code. If it does, to be fair, it does work on a lot of Konami games. It does work on Contra. It does work on Gradius. It does work on um, uh, what was the other game that I was thinking of that that, that well, like JDM mentioned, uh, Metal Gear Solid. Metal Gear uh, it, Solid. It does have an effect in Metal Gear Solid Three, Snake Eater. So to be fair, it does work on some of the Konami Konami uh, games enough. For people to kind of try to spread the myth that yeah, Konami does integrate that code everywhere. I think I even remember the Konami code working on a Google page one time. If I could <laughs> be wrong on that one. Yeah, I mean there there was a day in you know how Google does logo changes almost mm. every day True. and they celebrate certain things. And if you put in an, the Konami code on the Google page, if you put in the Konami code one day on a page, a special day, it did like fireworks i think or something like that Ooh. on the google page so it was it was it was a funny little thing so that that's that's one of the that's that's one of the coolest things about the konami code it it's real enough to cause mythology there you yeah. go yeah. <laughs> and, when the, and then this is where and then this is where you will find this funny you mentioned contra every mm. in everyone's minds the konami code began in contra mm. and it's very much true however in in contrast, Japanese version, it doesn't. 
Oh, uh, Damon Fox ninety nine and Twitch did say Twin B. Twin B. Did did it work on Twin B? If I remember, uh, I I'm my my memory's a little fuzzy on that one. I haven't tried it on Twin B. Uh-huh. One of our one of our yeah one of our streamers, uh, Derek Ponay of Retro Gaming Times, would probably be able to uh, give us a heads up on whether or not the Konami code works on Twin B. I I could be wrong on that mm-hmm. one. We'll we'll have to find out from our streamer Derek Ponay of Retro Gaming Times. That's the nice thing about us here in Pinay Retro Gaming. We might not all play the same retro games, but about the body of knowledge that we have in terms of. Of, of crazy stuff is vast. So. <laughs> that's actually uh, great content that you can do, right? Mm, yeah, you can that's true. true. Do uh, like a five-minute video to try the Konami code on Konami every code game. every every that Konami. That is true. That is very cool. That's a cool idea. JDM. Oh, I'm here. I'm playing this game, and let's try if we can do the Konami code. Oh, I just died. Okay. <laughs> Each Konami game. There you go. Oh, so there's so, there's somebody's joining us right now. Joe RPG. Yeah. There you go. Mm-hmm. After uh, ca- coming coming on to you from Australia, which part of Australia again, Joe? I don't know. Somewhere, <laughs> <laughs> Somewhere and down and under. Somewhere down <laughs> under. He's he's a man. He's the man from down under, as as men as the men without hats would sing. There you go. <laughs> and I believe it's already twelve midnight there. Oh my goodness! Yeah, that's Almost. true. Is it? Oh mm-hmm. my goodness! Yeah. Okay. So it is already my birthday in Australia. <laughs> Happy birthday! Happy birthday, Sir Very cool. Very cool. Nice. Okay, we, so I will... we should we should all take a drink to that one. There you go. Happy sure. birthday, Sir Pao. There Thank you, you go. Cheers. Yes, Sir Pao. Cheers. <laughs> all right. Continue, Sir Pao. Continue. So to continue, it's just disappointing that Contra was the was the origin of that code but it does not work on its japanese version and it does not work on its a on the english version of its sequel the super c or super contra as we know it but instead but instead as they mentioned it has a different code for super c and it only gives you 10 lives Ten lights for a game that's. To be fair, these these the Konami code in particular, and a lot of the cheat codes in early video games are there for the developers uh, for the developers' uh, purpose. They usually put them in so that they could test the game, uh, so that they won't be constrained by the same constraints that they impose on the player. So, Mm -hmm. God mode on Doom, uh, (laughs) IDDQD, so that you don't get fragged all the time, and you you can test the game all to the very all the way to the very end. Konami code so that you can test the game all the way to the very end from beginning to end so that you have 30 lives instead of three which was kind of brutal you know as a default as a default number yes Joe, go ahead speaking of contra code and the konami code i'm not mm. sure in which contra this is correct me if i'm wrong uh with the panel and to you guys watching right now mm. is it 30 lives or 50 lives 30 30 mm. yeah Because i remember 50 lives or this is just a mandela effect I remember it's, doing 50 sure. lives it's the fact that you were you just came from the different dimension job and that you're entering <laughs> our dimension right now that that no, you're remembering 50 lives no, i remember play uh, because the first counter that i played was super c mm-hmm. that's the first counter that i knew ah, okay, and with okay. the konami code it's always been 50 lives mm. and then when and then when the first contra uh when i when i played the first contra my surprise it was only 30. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so to all of you guys down there Correct me if I'm wrong. Is it just 30 or 50 Super C? I'm not sure if it's the Japanese version or the US version. Or, the, well, this is the Philippines, so most likely the Chinese knockoff version. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I'd say the knockoff. 
my money's on the knockoff you know because yes. because of all those cartridges that did list out nine 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 in one games i wouldn't be surprised if that was one of them joe the, the <laughs> right? yeah the japanese of super c super contra however mm. the konami code works and it's 30. oh uh, there you go 60. Yes, of that, you of Tito Popo Gaming. If you guys want uh, cool yeah, retro gaming content, Tito Popo Gaming. Jeb Sardalia helms that one. All right. The re- I think Although, the reason the um, dynamic code goes um, in uh, in Yu-Gi-Oh Tag Force, you can use the up, up, down, down, left, left, left right, dynamic code, and it will give you an extra deck, a bonus uh, booster deck. Ah, no, no, boost that. Not deck. Card? Booster cards. Card. Yeah, there we go. Uh, JDM had something to say. Go ahead, JDM. Uh, yeah, about the Konami code on the Contra game, I think the reason why they gave just 10 codes, uh, I mean 10 lives for the Konami code in the um, uh, succeeding game is to, uh, for the, because it maybe it made the first game easier than the first one. So, mm-hmm. Okay, so do the code, then we'll just give you 10 lives. Die in hell, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, hey, uh, that, that, that certainly does make sense. That's true. <laughs> I can imagine that being true, yes. So to simplify what JDM said, they, they replaced it with a different code and they only gave us 10 lives just to F us off. Ah, yeah. I guess this is also one of the reasons how, and then one of the th- ways how myths develop. You know, it works on no, one game. No, that is just because people are exploiting the cheat. Mm. And, you know, uh, you guys are losers. <laughs> I'm not going to give you 30. How about just 10? Okay, I'm going to oh, throw you a bone. But Joe, Here, if, if you're running ten. on two players though, that 30 lives is is um you can yank a life from your 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 uh co-op player, right? J- J- oh yeah, that. Yeah, you know, when you're stealing <laughs> lives from your from your <laughs> from your Konami. Uh, another Konami thing. <laughs> it's like Serdan's um like the coins in the arcade. Oh yeah. They try to steal the lives. <laughs> <laughs> oh you just wasted my um, the coins. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> it's mine. It was mine. All right. Well, back to you, Sir Paul. Continue. Continue. Now, now what? Now, what's really making this code a myth is that they there are there are rumors that this code also works on games outside Konami, and one of them is I had I had to try it personally if it's real. Mm. The, and that game was the Ata- was the Atari's version of Tetris, or that or the one made by Tengen. Ah, okay, did it? Yeah. So they said that if you start a game and you don't find you don't find the piece that's about to fall unlikable, say for example, Squiggly or Reverse Squiggly, pause the game. Enter the code, and your piece will automatically change into a line piece. Really? The, mo- the most lovable line piece. In oh yeah, the, the 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 yeah. Basically, I call it the Tetris piece because uh, it's it it's the one that makes the Tetris. Tetris means mm-hmm. the you clear out four lines. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and the and the and the bummer about this, it only works once in a game. <laughs> So you cannot do it over and you over. You can't spam it then, okay. Yes, you cannot, you cannot spam it. Okay. 
And another and another one would be a game in Sony PlayStation, Crash Bandicoot, Crash Bandicoot 3. And if you enter the code minus the BA, since there's no BA in a PlayStation controller, but instead you'll press the square as your last button. Uh, a demo version of Spyro the Dragon will appear for you to play or for you to try. <laughs> there you uh, go. However, for those two games, I have proven them true. I am not sure if there are other. I am not sure if there are other games wherein they say try the Konami code here in this non-Konami game, and maybe it will work for you. Mm. So, if ever there are any of you who were able to find that, feel free to share it with. Wow, well, it, it, it's if all. If I put the Konami code on Street of Rage 2. You will be able to see Blaze in her bra and panties. Now that's a myth. If on, now, if only. Now that would be a myth. If only. You in the beach scene. Only in the beach scene, of course. <laughs> All right, you heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen. Here in Timeless Gamer is the birth of a brand new myth. Gaming myth, yes. gaming legend, started yes. by Mr. Joe RPG. There you go. If you do the Konami code. In Streets uh, of Rage stage, uh, on stage 6 the beach scene <laughs> on Streets of Rage 2 if you do it right on the right time you will see Blaze on her brown panties strolling around the beach the beach stage which is stage what stage 6 Streets mm. of oh. Rage 2 <laughs> I think like, I don't know where I heard that different <laughs> dimension <laughs> and, I think and I now heard some... that from Sir Dan in a dream <laughs> <laughs> I was dreaming at the time And now somebody out there who's watching us right now will try that on Streets of Rage. Who wears makeup the show? <laughs> now to now to now to proceed. What the one last thing in the 8-bit era? This has this has got to be one of the most satisfying thing if it's actually true. Because for 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 us who have already played Duck Hunt before on the NES, if ever. If ever we miss the dog, that damn dog's laugh us, and mm. every time that dog laughs at us, we just want to shoot that dog. And then a oh, myth yeah. came out that we can actually shoot that dog. Well, I know my blood pressure used to shoot up whenever that dog would laugh at me. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, that, it's 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 one of those. Uh, it's well, I'm not sure if we can actually. Cl- it, we, uh, this is one of those things that people. Made into a myth because it was wishful thinking. You yes. really wanted it to be true. You really wanted. Uh, you really wanted to be able to 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 sh- actually shoot the dog once it started laughing at you. Because when you were a kid, you were. Uh, let's just face it. Your motor skills weren't as as developed as they were during your teenage years. And whenever you'd miss and you'd get laughed at by by the dog, it would it would make you angry. And I guess you know. Kids in the playground used to start the rumor that hey, you actually can shoot the dog. <laughs> <laughs> But um, to, uh, to to mention though, I mean, during the day of the Flash games era, mm-hmm. somebody did program a game of Duck Hunt where you actually can shoot the dog. So it it's it's R.I.P. Flash. It exists. <laughs> yeah, it, it exists. It does it exist. Exists. So somebody made that myth a reality. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but but can uh, but I believe you can control the ducks, right? Controller two. Yes, controller yeah. two controls uh, the, the ducks. Yeah. The the what, the second controller, if it's plugged, you can mm. you can you can cheat your. Which I never device. knew that that you can do that. I never knew that. Mm, not, <laughs> neither I did it I. Was, uh, Re, it 13 years after, I never knew that. So, so, or 
Or it Knock could Hunt be a... was actually a multiplayer game. Hmm. Oh, or, yeah. Or, or yeah, you know, the, the 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 second player could be an absolute dick and you know move the, move the <laughs> ducks away from your from your gunshots whenever you you, you try for I'm it. Gonna you know? shoot my duck today. Yeah. <laughs> then shoot player too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> don't, I mean, don't your gun sideways <laughs> towards the other guy. Player too. Shoot the air too. With what? The light gun or? Yeah, exactly. Like you know. I'll pistol whip the guy. Are are we specific with what kind of gun are we gonna shoot the second player? <laughs> <laughs> oh, here Q actually says at the arcade version of Duck Hunt, you can shoot the dog. I did not know that. We'll have to verify that. That is a rumor that we'll have to check if it's absolute. If, if it's true, then Reiki. Yeah. That's that's a that's that's an allegation that somebody is going to have to go into the arcade. Then. You are our regular resident arcade master. You are you visit arcades regularly. We assign you that job of looking for a duck hunt machine mm. and trying out whether you can shoot the dog in the if, arcade if version I, of if, duck hunt. If I see one, I'll gladly do that. I've, I've never, you know, something. I've never seen a duck hunt uh, arcade machine. Hmm. I've never, I've seen, never seen one. It no, might no, be no. like one of those Nintendo special setups where mm-hmm. actually th- sometimes Nintendo does put up arcade cabinets that they have uh, Japanese Famicom slash NES cartridges there mm-hmm. to right. play. So, so it might be one of those. It might be one of those. You never know. Uh, the rumor again that we are starting off here in Timeless Gamer, <laughs> according to Thank You. <laughs> and. And, and, and this is the first time that I actually heard that there's an arcade version of Duck Hunt. Well, yeah, again, the, the Nintendo does put certain games in the arcades. Nintendo actually is a pretty big uh, presence in the arcades. Aside from Sega, Nintendo, uh, Capcom, oh, a lot nice. of these gaming companies do put their games on uh, as arcade versions. Like recently, Juan de Barros actually saw me play uh, Legend of Kage. Uh, we, I always thought that was just a purely Japanese Famicom game. It turns <laughs> That it's based on an arcade game and it was much more brutal as the arcade yeah. version was than yes. the, the nintendo famicom slash nes version was so. it's just as hard as <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm pretty i'm pretty sure there, there is a duck on an, an arcade i have heard that there's a duck on an arcade i've just i've just never seen one in, mm, uh, yeah if you run across one we assign you that job dan to double right, check whether or not we'll we can shoot the dog <laughs> i'm on it i'm on it Oh yeah, just make sure pe- just make sure Peta will not see you shoot the dog. Oh okay, yeah, <laughs> not in real life. I mean, Peta is bonkers. They they, <laughs> they 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 come up to a fisherman who's sitting around in the dock doing fishing, and they say, "Release mm-hmm. that fish. That fish has feelings." Are you insane? <laughs> this is my dinner. <laughs> there you go. Continue. Sorry about that, Sir Paolo. Sorry for that it- tangent. It's okay. I I just realized that I just realized about that peta, peta thing because as we all know, Nintendo was intended to be family games. Oh yeah, yeah, that's true. Which le- which leads us to the 16-bit era, wherein there, there we is go. also a popular rumor. Oh, well, pardon, on- Sir Pao. We sure. Q, the same guy who actually mentioned that uh, rumor, uh, has followed up in the chat, and he says. Versus, versus Duck Hunt Duck. is the name of the arcade version. All right, Dan, that's the title of the arcade machine that you're going to be looking for over there, in, over there in the oh, UK. Versus Duck oh, Hunt. Oh yeah, every NES game with the word with the letters versus at the beginning are mm. considered arcade ports of NES games. Oh well, there you go. That's it. Well, so, because you're actually fighting the arcade. Mm-hmm. I guess you're yeah, fighting it, with you, your you against the player. machine. Yeah, like it is you against the machine. Mm. Yes, yeah, so yes, yeah. 
maybe we can go to New Mexico and find uh, arcade. <laughs> <laughs> The arcade machine. I mean, heck, I'll, I'll be buried under there. Which is kind of, which kind of leads into another, another gaming myth. Who knows? Maybe Polybius is down there. But anyway, we'll get Let's to that go. one. In, 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 in Sir, as Sir Pop proceeds with this topic, go ahead. Yeah. So uh, as mentioned, it, we we head to uh to the 16-bit era with mm-hmm. a with a game that was limited by the so-called family. Being family games in Nintendo, Mortal Kombat. Although it's not just in the SNES, but this rumor happens to be happens to be mentioned as existing also in its arcade version and probably in other versions. Yet none of these versions were proven. None of these versions were proven true, or at least hacks or certain modifications on the system has has tried to made it through but the rumor says like this a red ninja is a playable character in mortal kombat ermac yeah in in mortal kombat 1 no, i think mortal kombat is one of the ones one of the games um which had at the time i mean if uh, i think you younger chaps might not remember it but definitely for me I, there were so many rumors surrounding mm-hmm. what could happen and couldn't happen and and uh, and that and that's that's obviously the biggest one definitely yeah and as mentioned by one of our viewers here in facebook the the rumor is called the error macro mm-hmm. and Bianes says the error macro oh it's okay. Irma, yeah and that's where the name Ermac came from, which has which has been playable in the third Mortal Kombat. Yeah. Mm. In fact, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna throw another in there, chaps. Actually, mm, if you right. doing so. Um, so uh, in the UK, um, mm-hmm. the um, we had a, a big gaming magazine called Meme Machines, and that split into two magazines, mm-hmm. uh, and that became um, a, a, a Nintendo magazine system. It was mm. called okay, uh, and they started a rumor because the Super Nintendo version of um, uh, Mortal Kombat didn't include any gore. Mm-hmm. You could get gore, um, you know, you, you, if you put the right cheat in, you could uh-huh. get a gore, a gore mode. Yeah, mm-hmm. now it was an April Fool's, <clears throat> it, it was an April Fool's, and the way they said that you, that you could do it was that you had to tape a one pence piece. To the top ah. of your cartridge, <laughs> and, and then input a certain a code as well. Oh, so, right. and, and the reasoning to them—I mean, we're all obviously all bullshit—but the, the reasoning to them was that the cert, certain cartridges in Japan that um, that ha- only had this code, and then they were pulled. So you had to get your, your Super Nintendo feel the extra weight of these original cartridges. So that's why you put the, the one piece. Yeah. Yeah, and this this rumor went round the UK, um, like you know, all those kids were trying it. You know, we were like, "Oh man, is we're not putting code in right, or do we, do we need a different type of one P? Is it clean? Is one P clean enough?" And, <laughs> and then you'd know, get all those kids who'd say that they, it actually worked, and you know, exactly, if, you called, right? if you called them out on it, you know, go ahead, prove it. They would never be able to do it. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Do 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 these. Uh, uh, you know, did, did I? Are they sure you said it's a one p and not a two p? And it drove us kids nuts because we, <laughs> yeah, we, 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 we were trying from all angles to to 
to try to get it to work and it, and, mm. and it, and it just didn't work if in fact in fact bear me a second i'll get the original april full single i don't know if you can share that ray mm-hmm. um but i've got a um a, co- a copy of the magazine Mm-hmm. That is the that that's the code in. I don't know if or is Ray Ray not able. No. Oh, here it is. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Okay. Uh-huh. So if you look at that, let me get that. Oh, where is it? Where is it? Oh, it's that one, isn't it? Sorry, it's this one. So if uh-huh. I zoom in on that, it says it. Um, first, it's important to note that the cheat can only work on L Lab cartridges series double zero one. These are the early carts using slightly heavier plastic casing, mm-hmm. so, so the cheat may not work on your cartridge. However, there is a way around the problem. If your cheat doesn't work, tape a 1P piece to the top of the cart to fool the Super Nintendo with the extra weight. And, <laughs> imagine, and imagine. It, even, it even says here, according to the Super NES uh, Mortal Kombat's lead programmer, Rolf Apillo. Mm. Rolf, Rolf Apillo is obviously an anagram of April. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness, that is funny. Uh, uh, the, the something something that really a one put, uh, piece, a one pen piece. piece. Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. The funny. And how is, heavy is that? I mean, oh, very, how will that make any difference? Probably very, very light. Yeah, that, probably about as as heavy as a ten cent tava coin. I would be surprised. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and see if I've if I've got one. I don't know. I don't think I've got one. The funniest thing is it 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 presupposes that the Super NES had the capacity to detect weights, slight differences in weights. Exactly. <laughs> there it is. That's it. And there, there it is. And there. You know what I mean? That's that's so so tiny. A quick question, though, <laughs> since we're talking about cartridges. Mm. And our share screen with the NES. Oh. And regarding with the NES, Mega Drive, and the Super NES, and correct me if I'm wrong, uh, the panel and to you guys watching right now, mm. does blowing on the pins oh. under the cartridges make any difference at all to make it work? No. Like, <laughs> my, my head says no, my heart says yes. Like we all we all did that, right? Yes, absolutely. Everybody grew up with that. The common knowledge is that if you blow on it, then maybe your maybe some of your spit might actually actually loosen up the pin, and you know your cartridges might work on your system. Because uh, <laughs> and the one, that's one thing. The Philippines is a very dusty environment uh, because mm-hmm. of the fact that a lot of our a lot of our residents' highways are close to. So in the Philippines, a lot of the time, dust was all over the house, and something about something about dust settling everywhere kind of made it made the illogical connection in your head that maybe there's dust on the pins of the cartridge, and if you blow on it, it'll clear the dust and it'll make the cartridge work a little bit better. I want to hear it from Sir Dan, though. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, it's, I'm, I'm, it's never worked for me. Never worked for me. <laughs> never, never <did>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, again, like I said, my head says no, my heart my will heart always say it. yes. Yes. Well, have you ever <laughs> did that, Sir Dan, with your carts? Yeah, this yeah. As a kid, as a, as a, as a kid all time, all, 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 if if it weren't working, push yep. it in and out, push it in and out. <laughs> never works. Right. Never made any difference. As what uh, revolver revolver or cellar? 
told in the Metal Gear Solid game, it mm. gives no tactical advantage whatsoever. <laughs> 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 But it does give you the psychological edge. Yeah. Right? JDM, <laughs> right? <laughs> okay, the plus, I give the placebo effect. <laughs> There you go, the placebo effect. That's very true. It's very true. Sometimes the placebo effect is very effective. Uh, <laughs> and Reiki nailed it. Absolutely nailed it with his comment right there. Blowing, Blowing always, always makes better things sounds. better. Yes, I completely agree with that statement. <laughs> always blow. Yes, agreed. Completely agreed. <laughs> there goes uh, sorry, uh, as, as, as Nigel Lang uh, of Uncle Roger would say, sorry, children. Okay. <laughs> anyway. Wait, there's an exemption to the rule about blowing. Raymond <laughs> <laughs> has, has okay. an exemption. Go ahead, go ahead, Raymond. Blowing is for girls, not boys. Oh, there you go. <laughs> now, that's a, oh, now that's a gaming myth right there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I know, Dad had his hand raised for a moment there. What was no, that? I'll, 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 I'm just telling it. I'm just saying. I'm saying. Whoa, whoa, whoa. We, 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 we might be touching something a bit. I know. I know. Again, boy. sorry, children. Anyway, that's that's uh, that's uh, race stance, and we respect him for it. Uh, other people might disagree, but in general, blowing always seems better. There you go. <laughs> okay. Uh, we're a family oriented. Yeah, uh, we are very family oriented. Sorry, <laughs> back, uh, let's, back to let's general. <laughs> yes, back to G rating. Back to G rating. Continue. To G. <laughs> uh, just, just to just to remind a uh, screenshot earlier, mm. it was shown to us a text called error macros. Yes, and probably by by modifying that error macros. The red the red ninja will be playable in the first Mortal Kombat as as rumored. However, the only time that the red ninja became playable was in was already in the third Mortal Kombat or I think it's Ultimate Mortal Kombat. I guess it's 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 um a, a, an example of developers making the myths into reality in subsequent mm-hmm. games. Uh, lots of developers do that. Rumors pop up. Uh, word gets around. This game uh, this game might be more improved because of this. Mm-hmm. It, hey, wouldn't it be fun if we had that? Yes. Subsequent games wouldn't have those things. So yeah, I guess this is a perfect example of it. Uh, of of. Ermac being a rumor uh-huh. becoming reality yeah. due to persistent public demand. Due to persistent public demand. There you go. <laughs> yeah, very Mortal good. Kombat. Very well, good. JDM. At, well, at least in the Mortal Kombat franchise, it happened. However, in another gaming franchise, which makes us going to move on to the Capcom Play System 2 or CPS 2, mm. this public demand has never has never manifested. Uh, even though by public demand. It never, it never existed because it has also been busted, and at this, and they and Capcom never made it through for us gamers. However, people still want to believe that Shang Long is playable in Street Fighter 2. as always mentioned by Ryu every time Ryu wins a fight in Street yeah. Fighter. This you must this, always defeat Shang Long to stand a chance. This this was massive. This this was absolutely massive, and as kids, I spent years trying to di- different ways to make make this happen um, in the arcade, on the Mega Drive, on the Super Nintendo, and um, the, the the biggest rumor was that you had to put it on the hardest setting mm-hmm. um, and get every round perfect um, mm-hmm. to, to to get him to appear. And and when I finally did it, and it didn't appear, I nearly threw me me. me Systematic window. I was like, oh, no, no, no. You know what I mean? Because it were it were a 
everybody said it was a this was a genuine thing you if you do it, if you get every round perfect on your hardest set you will get to play a shenlong and uh, no never happened how disappointing <laughs> <laughs> all all of your effort for nothing well, I know, I know, mate. I know all them repetitive fights over and over. But it's a great game, so uh, so I enjoyed doing it. But it were, I, I think, I think out of all the rumors so far, this is the one that that saw most people that I knew in the UK actually buy into it and actually, um, act, you know, action trying to make it happen without a doubt. <laughs> True. How about how about the others? What do you think about this Shenlong thing? That's a good idea. This is just Ryu trying to young art chain <laughs> back in 1992. Oh, and, I uh, oh. actually I haven't um, discovered this room about this rumor like when back then because I haven't played any uh, arcade games I think until 1994 so it was very late. I just discovered the myth uh, maybe early uh, uh 2000s so i'm i i haven't read any magazines i haven't um i've been playing arcade games that much um so i think it was just there to um uh, like i said earlier it was just a marketing um strategy for um people or developers uh to play the games and some people who are just like um trying to pull anyone uh people into playing the games the best they could so um they could get um very good at this game uh, yeah. that's what i think probably so, uh the way i understand this uh street fighter to shenlong rumor the way i understand it on the original japanese text he never really never really mentioned shenlong my mm-hmm. word it was just a mistranslation into English, and then for some reason they came up with Cheng Long. Well, it, it, during it, it, the electro, um, during the Electronic Gaming Monthly magazine, of, of course, 1992 April, mm-hmm. the April issue 1992, they showed that image of uh, Ryu fighting someone uh, who almost resembles him, long white hair, right? And the name right there says Cheng Long. Mm-hmm. It was actually an April Fool's joke from egm of course <laughs> but they still um and this was the time when people are just wanting it so bad that yeah. they still wished to be true mm-hmm. and it was all bullshit. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> and Oopsie. the closest one that you can actually um the closest one that you can probably think of that might resemble something like this is x-men children of the atom Mm-hmm. Well, um, you can um, you can secretly summon Akuma. Oh well, Goki. Oh yeah, like still on a Capcom, uh, still a Capcom game. Uh huh. So yeah, and somewhat uh, related to Ryu, <laughs> to say the yeah. least. And it's <laughs> actually a secret character that you can uh, that you can pull off a convoluted combination of uh, convoluted, uh, convoluted methods of showing uh, making him show up. During the character selection screen. Yeah. This is there. Here? No, it's just bogus. <laughs> I think Dan had an, a little bit of input here. Uh, Dan, you were about to say something a little earlier. Well, no, I'm going to ask Sir Joe. So, this, the April Fool's, when, when, do you know what year that was? Which April? 92. 
Right, okay. Because Street Fighter were obviously released in '91, uh, and mm -hmm. so so this April Fool. See, it, look, it seems to me like it was obviously born out of these rumors because we right. just, we just saw the the Ryu say on 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 you know on his uh, win screen, "You must defeat Shenlong to stand uh, to stand a chance." Well, we we associated that as kids with who Shenlong. Do you know what I mean? What's what? Who who, who is this guy? Is it Ryu's master? So um, it's like it's a, it, this is a great example of, of of you know myths starting as Chinese whispers between children and then evolving into an April Fool and then evolving into a, a proper myth. Precisely, as Dan said, we as kids had a, an an incredible capacity for storytelling. We we were very imaginative back then. We would tell stories and. Mm -hmm. As kids, we our, our critical thinking skills weren't as well developed back then yet. So a story told by a kid mm -hmm. tended to be taken as absolute truth by another kid. Yeah. And you know, it would like 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 Dan would say, it would it would be Chinese whispers. One, it would develop from one end of the story to the other, and before you know it, it's gone into this full-blown myth. And of course, the fact that you must defeat Shang Long to stand a chance kind of makes your imagination run away with it. Like Ryu had to develop, had to fight against somebody and defeat this guy for yeah. him to develop this immense power, his Hadouken and his his, his cyclone kick that would fire up your imagination. He must have trained to fight this guy for him to be able to become this good. So whoever that Shang Long was must have been an amazing fighter before. So that, we, 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 we thought it was, we thought it was a, an extra boss. Mm. We thought it was it was gonna appear as after if yeah. if, you beat, if you beat the game um, perfect every round um, on the hardest level and then beat M Bison, we were expecting another boss to appear. Then, yeah. hey, uh, Ariel, uh, sorry, a uh, sidebar here. Ariel Bianes on the chat says, "Ayan, a really funny side myth: the pronunciation of Ryu. How did it not end up standardized? Some people pronounce it as Ryu, while others Ryu. Well, in my oh. case, I, I would say." Uh, you don't pronounce uh, Ryu's uh, signature move as Shoryuken. He call it Shoryuken, Ryu. So that's my, that's how I would that's how I would mm -hmm. how I would point to it. Like Ryu is pronounced as Ryu, and of course the Japanese would call it uh, Ryu. And I don't think I've heard a Japanese person pronounce it as Ryu. I could be wrong on that one, but that's my personal take on it. I think Ryu Ryu's a, an English. I, yeah, I, I, an anglicized, anglicized. Yeah, mm -hmm. I, 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 the, the Y you just see as a that's how it sounds. I so mm -hmm. um, so we that's how we, we used to call it as kids Ryu. Mm -hmm. That's it. Well, to answer your question, it's a, it, it's an English thing. <laughs> it's an English thing. <laughs> it's true. It's true. It's anglicized thing. Uh, tended to how uh, in, they say uh, Joel instead of Joel. I guess. Yeah. Uh, well, well, my childhood began with the wrong pronunciation until I heard it in that 1994 movie, mm. and and in the games where in, they say Ryu actually, yeah, mm, yeah, yeah, and mm. and in the games where the announcer actually pronounced the name of the fighter when, when, wow. you, when you choose them. So it has been so those things made me correct my pronunciation. Although in a movie released in 2006 or 2005, if I can remember that correctly, Robin Sh Robin Shu, who oh. we know played Liu Kang in Mortal Kombat 1995, hmm. played as Gen in Street Fighter The Legend of Chun-Li on that movie. And he so weird that movie. And he mispronounced Ryu's name there. 
Mm. He pronounced it as Ryu. Okay. Wow. Well, they, I mean, it's. it's uh, I guess that's another. That's another thing that that we can chalk up as uh, a point of contention between gamers and will 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 until Capcom. I'm not sure if Capcom has released an official <laughs> statement on it. We'll see. Well, I will have to dig more. We'll have to do a little bit more research on it. But then again, I, continue, Sir Pao. And I agree, sir. Ariel, that movie is so bad. It's not. It's not really that much accurate. Well, except for Chun, no. except for Chun Li's moves. No. <laughs> no. Except, except for Chun Li's moves, I would go with the spinning bird kick. You I know, mean, that's girl. Jaws' favorite move. Uh, that's yeah. Jaws' favorite <laughs> move of, uh, in, in 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 fighting games. Anyway, <laughs> my favorite move would be. <laughs> All right, uh, G-rated. G-rated. You want me to <laughs> we'll have to change our rating for today. My <laughs> favorite move. Here comes Raymond. Ako ang yung konsensya. Tigilan niya. Raymond says he's the conscience. It's from Cammy. Okay. From Cammy. That's all. That's all I can say. It's from Cammy. There you go. Okay. Joe's favorite move is from Cammy, and Raymond pops oh, in and says, "I have your conscience. Your Be careful of what you're about to say." <laughs> We're a family-oriented podcast. We're a family-oriented show, guys. All right. Fine. 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 Uh, Raymond, the conscience of timeless gamer. He is now. He is now the. He is now our. Um, he conscience. is now our guiding light. Our Conscience. There you go. <laughs> well, well, to cap off with that Street Fighter 2 thing, yeah, the myth is already busted as as popularly known, but people are still hoping that it's true. And and I think a few years before, some somebody rom hack a Street Fighter 2 with Shenlong as a playable character, doing seemingly impossible, seemingly humanly impossible move moves, especially the cyclone kick, wherein Instead of the normal cyclone kick, Shang Long is doing the cyclone kick upside down. Oh, which is like <laughs> Much like the spinning bird kick. Like Chun-Li. Yeah, but but then as we uh, as as much as we want, as much as we still hope to see a true Shang Long in a street fight. Oh, yeah. You uh, must defeat Isaac Newton to stand a chance. <laughs> yeah, you must. <laughs> Must you, must defeat the the law, you, you must defeat the laws of physics. Okay. <laughs> now going to the now let's move on to handhelds. And even even handhelds even handhelds have been a nest of gaming myths, especially mm. the one that we're showing right now. The first Pokemon games on the Game Boy. And the most popular myth about that the Vermilion City Truck? Okay. Yeah, it's it's the 151st Pokemon un- hidden mm. under a truck. The mm. 151st Pokemon known as Mew. The psychic type one that seems to be e- equally powerful with Mewtwo. And, and as they say, in order for you to get him or challenge him or much more capture that Pokemon, you must look under that truck. Specifically under that specific spot right over there as our screen is showing so for most gamers they tell that it's true because they've tried it and they and it did mm. and, it, and, it, and it did happen for yeah, some... I mean, about that what was the story i mean how that i mean how that rumor started i mean probably because mu is considered as one of probably because 
well, is considered a special Pokemon that's still included in the first generation of Pokemon. The the first generation of 151 Pokemon. I mean, it's so random. Just look under a truck. Yeah, that, that's 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 just the puzzling thing about it. That you can find it under a truck. It's hiding under. What the there. hell is he doing under a truck? <laughs> yeah, for, for for who knows what 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 is new doing there? What's a Pokeball doing under a truck as well? Well, I have a theory on this one. It's probably because of the fact that Pokemon is a is a seriously competitive game in terms of you're challenging yourself to try to find all of those Pokemon. 150, mm-hmm. if I remember correctly, and uh, the fact that you want bragging rights for you to be able to say i caught them all even the one that's supposed to be impossible to catch was mew so you'd go i would believe if mew was a roadkill maybe Mm -hmm. i would i would imagine a kid you know five years old six years old having played the game and wants bragging rights strolling into the into the into the playground saying hey i caught them all and a special one you know special and of course all the kids would get whoa really where and of course the kid who started bragging about that would probably have to would probably have to make something up on the spot and say i caught him you know that crunk <laughs> in the middle of nowhere i found him there you know so that would spread the rumor and you know all the kids would say really i have to i have to go there and try it out you know and yeah i i guess you know it's one of those things that it's one of those things that would really be attributed to kids yanking each other's chains shall yeah. we say <laughs> it's my personal theory anyway <laughs> to be honest i actually learned this uh right like when i saw the outline for this episode i mm. didn't know about this uh rumor mm. but what i know from the old pokemon games was the um like a theory about uh, Gary's Raticate because oh, uh, there was a part in the game where um, there's a town called Lavender. Uh, it's mm-hmm. called Lavender Town. Lavender it's, town. A, yeah. it's a town with um, it was a graveyard. I think it's a it's a like graveyard. A sanctuary. Yes. Yeah, it's a chunk. Uh, it's a sanctuary for um, dead Pokemon. Dead Pokemon. And during that I'm time when you, the, um, <laughs> when you when you first enter the when you when you first the graveyard you encounter Gary Oak but you will notice that one of his pokemon was missing which was Raticate because prior to going to Lavender Town you always mm-hmm. encounter him and he has this Ratata in his uh, party then it becomes Raticate at some point then all of a sudden, after you meet him in uh, the, in the graveyard in Lavender Town, yeah. suddenly Raticate is not in the party anymore. So there are fan theories that maybe Gary buried Raticate there, or um, maybe he, he was paying <laughs> respects because maybe he died earlier in the uh, game. So that's it. And also, um, also the being road killed by the same truck. <laughs> <laughs> by the same Poss- truck. Possibly. 
Uh, he was, no, I'm sorry. Did I say roadkill? He's been isekai'd by the same There you time. go. I was going to say that. Oh, yeah, he go. was isekai'd. Um, for those of you who are not in the know, a common trope in Japanese anime nowadays is being sent into another world by getting run truck over crew. by a truck. There you go. <laughs> and uh, Ratigan is on another world. <laughs> yeah. JDM. And, JDM. Yeah. Um, uh, still, uh, let's stay in Lavender Town. The music sure. there, they said that it was a creepy music. Uh, it sounds like uh, music that you play on Halloween. Yeah. And there was a rumor that that music actually has a translation, which mm. was mm. Um, like a lullaby made by a Pokemon named uh, Hypno. No, uh, not Jigglypuff. <laughs> Hypno, a psychic uh, Pokemon called Hypno, Hypno. Oh, who has this like uh, pendulum. Yeah, yeah that's pendulum. It was a lullaby to uh, make kids sleep, or I, or some people uh, say that it was like uh, it puts children into trance, like uh, yeah. the story of the uh, Pied Piper. Mm. Oh. When the people uh, like they uh, needed the help uh, with the plague, so they tried to ask the Pie Piper to um, get rid of the uh, the rodents, the ma- the rats. Then when he came back, he asked for um, payment. Yeah, payment. Then the people like, no, we don't have anything to pay. It's like just the gratitude that they. Uh, mm. like thanking him it was enough so he did the same thing to their children and the children followed and mm. uh, nice. took him isekai them to a different dimension mm. yes. <laughs> so okay. it, I think it was a homage for the uh, Pied Piper the story oh. of the Pied Piper and, went back to Rats. Rats yeah. Mm. and yeah no, no, no. I mean, I heard, I, mean, I, heard the, I heard the story different, though. Mm. It's not about them putting them in a trance, but it's also one of those stories that it kind of put them into seizures. Oh. That weird music from Lavender Town. Which Only the actually, Japanese version, though. Mm. Although, you, you, the, the, I guess it's, it's one of those little things that morphs in, from truth into mythology already. The fact that... The, the the I, I'm not a Pokemon expert by any means. Actually, like I said, mm-hmm. my 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 the misses and my daughter are po- the Pokemon fanatics, and uh, my mission for them is to make me a team of six six Pokemon level ninety nine magic metapods. level ninety nine me- metapods. So <laughs> uh, with nothing but tackles. So that's that's my special goal for them. But it's one of those myths that kind of morphed in uh, re- realities that morphed into myths. The Pokemon episode of Porygon had the mm-hmm. strobing light effect that mm-hmm. made kids go into seizures. So oh. certain kids with a propensity for epileptics actually were sent to the hospital because of that particular episode. So that mm-hmm. kind of made, I guess, morphed into the myth that uh, the, the, uh, Lavender Town, was that right, JDM? Had yes. the music that caused kids to fall asleep. So I guess it was kind of based on the reality that some kids experienced epileptic seizures and were sent into the hospital that kind of morphed into if you hear this music in pokemon it'll make you fall asleep so kind of how myths maybe it's just uh the developers um Mm. telling the kids to Mm. take a break from playing the game Mm. from (laughs) because i think uh lavender Mm. town is 
like halfway into the game already. So if you're playing mm-hmm. from uh, from the beginning, from the, start, mm-hmm. from the beginning, then mm-hmm. it took you like a two hours or three hours in the game. Ooh. They play this music, so you can it could induce sleeping, and uh, kids will feel drowsy and um, like turn off, save the game, turn off the game, and try to sleep. Maybe something like. That might that might actually be true. Too. <laughs> and the lonely Nixie uh, with creepy pasta mitts uh, that we're going to be carrying over into the into the 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 the, the weird, and the strange, the unusual, and the unexplained and portions. Then, All yes. Right. <laughs> and speaking of unexplained and unusual, mm-hmm. well, so so from from that in Pokemon, maybe maybe I'll try going to Lavender Town and see if I'll fall asleep. Although mm-hmm. although if Although even if I even if I play other versions, I fell asleep like after an hour. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I I know Dan is not a Pokemon guy. Pokemon I know he's sends me to sleep, mate. Yeah, no, there you go. <laughs> Any Pokemon game makes me sleep. Oh, there you go. That's it. <laughs> yeah. I, I, it's, uh, that's... Except for Misty, though. I love you, Misty. I mean, props to Pokemon players with how dedicated you are to your to your game and to your anime and to your shindice. We absolutely respect that, but. There are certain gamers like me, like Dan, like Joe, who might not necessarily be as passionate about your about your hobby as I'm passionate about Misty though. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. We have exceptions. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Continue, Sir Pao. And since Lonely Nixie over here from Twitch already mentioned Zelda Ocarina of Time. Mm. And the Joe was saying unusual. Mm. Well, we're heading for this very unusual console to us since, well, almost none of us had Nintendo 64. I did have one before, but I never had these games where there are a lot of popular bits, starting with The Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time. Nope, I haven't played it before. The only mm. person I know who played it was our King of Zelda in PRG, Tito Popoy. Mm. Ah, I played it. You played oh, it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, 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 I might mention before that the N64 is my least favorite console that I've ever bought. And, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, uh, Ocarina, Ocarina of Time was. Yes. I set the entire um, of, of Christmas 1998 aside mm-hmm. to play it, and I was so disappointed. So disappointed. Uh, so Dan, Dan has a certain uh, tendency <laughs> to be disappointed in games that are overhyped. <laughs> like like yourself, Sir Joel. I'm mm. I'm somebody who uh, uh, I think I appreciate the underdog more, and if, and if a game's overhyped, mm. it, it's, uh, you know I expect I expect more from it if it's overhyped. Yeah, definitely. agreed, agreed. True. It's one of the, it's one of the things that you, you go in. I guess the the expectations are built up, and you know the the, the letdown is further, farther, further. Uh, the higher, uh, the higher the expectations are. Yeah. Since mm-hmm. since Dan had already played this before, it's perfect that we ask the first question to you. Oh yeah. And that question is: Were you able to equip the Triforce? <laughs> <laughs> Mate, I, I, that was that was a, 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 myth, a, sorry, a, myth, a a myth and a rumor. I I mm. I've never even heard of. To be honest, <laughs> I, I've never heard. Of. Oh, I, I don't I, I don't remember that much about Ocarina of Time because without it without bland that mm. it, nothing stuck with me um all i remember were collecting the, i can't remember what they call is it okus or dukus or something that they, they were like spider mm. things that you had to collect yes um and there were there were a few myths around them when you collected so many so maybe that myth the triforce myth was was in there but uh 
No, I just uh, I, 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 that one that one bypassed me. That one, mate. That one bypassed me. And then the uh, and then the second question would be: Have you reached the Sky Temple after hours of hours of game? <laughs> no, no. I, I, I've got to be honest. I've got to be honest. I was just when they finished the game. Um, I was just glad to get it over with. So even if there had been a Sky Temple, I wouldn't have tried to try to uh, 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 have got to it. I uh, I um I remember I remember a lot of people went talked about the Water Temple being being a, a, a bad temple, and I thought it was really easy. Mm. Um, <laughs> and so you know, again, again another miss. And uh, if you read it on the internet. A lot of people yeah. say, "Oh, the water temple were terrible," and, that. and I remember waltzing through it like, mm. "Is it? it, it am I actually going to get a challenge or, or anything?" So, uh, so yeah, a lot of myths around this game, mate. A lot of yeah. a lot of myths around yeah. it. Really, yeah. really quick check on the chats here on Facebook. Ariel Bianes says, "I guess not many were fans of the N64 because of the controller." That's uh, that's that, that that is a very reasonable everything, uh, everything, yes. everything. Graphics, <laughs> controller, games, worst 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 system ever. <laughs> And the funniest thing, Ray Q says this. Uh, it's so ironic that the Sega guy is the only one who has played Ocarina of Time. That's the thing, though. Um, let me correct that, Ray. I also in my defense, uh, in, I, in our defense, hmm. Nintendo Nintendo sixty four stuck fast. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. yeah here, here's the thing. I did start off on uh, Ocarina of Time, both on the Nintendo sixty four and on the Nintendo Switch DS. Online. If I remember correctly, the 3DS, oh, yes. Ocarina, 3DS. Uh, 3DS already had Ocarina time. And I'm going to cause a ruckus here for the, our international viewers who absolutely love the Nintendo 64 and Ocarina of Time. It got boring. I'm sorry yeah. to have to say this, it but nice. it, it's a slog, honestly. The it's only nice. decent mm. games for the Nintendo 64 mm. is WCW, okay. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. WWF No Mercy. Uh -huh. And what's the other game, sir? Uh, so JDM? Dolphy W. WrestleMania 2000? No, not that one. Dolphy W. World Tour. What's the other one? Oh, Revenge. Dolphy W. Revenge and WWF No Mercy. Those were the only games that's worth playing for the N64. Yeah. I will throw in I will throw in F0. F0 is a good game. F0. Golden Eye. Shit. Golden Eye's crap. Golden Eye's. Golden Eye. What? So this is so I'm glad I'm, this is a great show for it because it all goes into the myths. So number yes. one, you've got you've got the myths that the N64 is a good game. A good game. <laughs> it's a good machine. <laughs> that is a myth in itself. Yeah, that's what it is, isn't it? Um, you've got you've got the you've got the myth um, mm. that um, Ocarina of Time is the best mm. Zelda game, which is complete bullshit. Okay. <laughs> you've, also, you've also got the myth that Golden Eye. Mm -hmm. Started, well, not 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 started, but but was, um, uh, influenced yes. the, the, the first person the first perspective um, uh, uh, genre to a massive degree, oh, and, and, and within a week of me getting Goldeneye, I, I got mm. it on, on release day. Mm. I thought mm. it was good, but then I thought it was good. Within a week of getting it, I got Hexen Two, and Hexen oh, that, oh. destroyed it. Oh it's come on, Hex, oh. that's not even a fair comparison. Hex is exactly, mate. Exactly. Mm. It, it, and then a few months later, Quake Two come out and destroyed it even more. And, mm. and it made <laughs> GoldenEye look so so dated and old and janky within a few weeks and months. You know what mm. I mean? So, so these they are all and jank. Doom. Oh, okay. Uh, all across the board. <laughs> Doom. 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 Doom was the uh, to me the word. 
FPS is out, out before, but Doom was the the moment the FPS really landed. Mm. Uh, the Golden Eye gets credited with that. Either Doom or Wolfenstein. Mm. Doom or Wolfenstein. Wolfenstein kind of was a big thing. I do remember it in DOS days, and it was it was mind blowing. Honestly, mind blowing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Castle Wolfenstein was was a mind blowing first person shooter. When Doom came out, it blew everybody away, and I guess it's the fact that console gamers are are so were so uh, dedicated to trying to find a uh, an example that will at least equal, if not surpass, first shooters on PCs that they latched on to, uh, GoldenEye as yeah. saying mm-hmm. that it's the best of the best, you know. Yeah. And, <laughs> you know. I mean, I, I mean. So another myth with that is that people say GoldenEye four mm. four player. You know what I mean? It were four players at the same time, and mm-hmm. I was like, I was going to college, and I was playing eight of my friends on Hexen, mm-hmm. not Hexen two, Hexen two, when yeah. GoldenEye released. So it, it mm-hmm. is, it yeah. is, uh, yeah. Again, more myth, more myths, mate. More myths. Yeah, it, it's 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 the fact that the console gamers during that time were hard up for stuff that will compare with T games. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I guess there you go, uh, Sir Bob. Uh, well, let me throw in Yoshi's story as one of the best for N64. It has a decent graphics, and to think it's only Yoshi and no Mario involved. As for Golden, that one. Mm-hmm. As for yeah. Golden, as for Golden Eye, yeah, uh, the four-player thing is true, but the but the part that I don't think is true is that you can all four of you can play James Bond at the same time. No, <laughs> I can't remember. I can't. I can't remember. I don't think you can. I remember you had Odd Job and Jaws. Yes. So um, when my me and my friends used to play it, we used to just select different ones anyway. So, mm. so, okay. so. Yeah, and, and I I have never really played uh, GoldenEye all that much, mm-hmm. and all I know about it are memes. Honestly, like True. you know, you're you're cheating <laughs> if you choose odd job things like that. You know, so it, it, it's let's just say that. Sorry to have to say this, but during mm-hmm. that era, uh, Sony made the right call and developed the Sony PlayStation and mm-hmm. righteously kicked uh, Nintendo's. Nintendo 64's ass all the way to the next galaxy. So I know I'm gonna get a lot of hate for that, but it's true. <laughs> numerically speaking, it's true. Quality wise, you can argue, but numerically, yeah. the numbers don't lie. The numbers don't lie. For the N64, true. are we going to discuss L is real, L four hundred one, or Ben drowned? Uh, yeah. Let's let the captain of the episode uh, decide on that one. Well, I, I did I did read about the Ben Drown for Ocarina of Time mentioned by Lonely Nixie here. Mm. And... It's already midnight here, guys. I really don't want. <laughs> <laughs> now let's and... get into but, the creepy no, 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 I, Okay, yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> okay. I, I'm okay. No, <laughs> we, we can just Ben Drown, sure. Mm. Yeah, I think that's a scary one. Mm. But then why? That that's a scary one. Yeah. Then let's not, then, then let let's not talk about something something scary and <laughs> nah. The antidote to creepy pastas is watching Ren and Stimpy after. So oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's one. There's, well, there's one more in the N64, and I think mm. it's not much of a big deal because it's just about Super Mario 64, where you where they said you can play as Luigi. Yep. L is real. Two four oh one. Oh one. Okay. The L is real two four oh one and until now it's not yet proved. Uh, no, it... I think it's been debunked. So the story was so there's this fountain, uh, and then there's this monument and there are words there and for some reason somebody de- uh, deciphered that also blurry text saying L is real two four oh one. 
2401, in retrospect, if you're going to convert that, that means the 2nd of April, 2001. Oh. Uh, so, it might, it might as well have been an, a, a late April Fool's joke back when oh, the game was first released. I so, it, um, but even before then, the story was um, Luigi was supposed to be a, a hidden character in Super Mar- uh, in Super Mario 64. Mm-hmm. They said that you need to collect um, this amount of coins, uh, go through all, uh, go through specific levels, and then eventually you'll unlock Luigi in a, in a secret room or something. But all of the all of those methodologies were all bullshit. Uh, <laughs> Eventually, um, on the I think on the DS or 3DS re-release mm-hmm. of Super Mario 64, 64, Luigi was then included. But on the original game, no, nah, nah. he was never meant to be in that. Man, you and know why? Did. Because Luigi committed suicide on Luigi's <laughs> <laughs> mansion. That's why there Luigi is not there. And oh. that's another creepypasta right there for the Nintendo game. <laughs> oh, uh, first things first, though. Let's check the, uh, the the chats. We have retro gaming times with the hashtag RGT. RGT there you go. Thank you very much, Derek Ponay. Hey, that is so Derek Ponay of retro gaming times. He's in the chats right now. And uh, thank you very much to everybody who is coming in because of the hashtag RGT Raid. Retro Gaming Times viewers, welcome to the Timeless Gamer Podcast. And we even have Derek Pwane in the chats right now. Retro Gaming Yay. Times. He says, good evening, PRG <laughs> Timeless Gamer and friends. friends. There you go. Welcome to everybody. And thank you very much for joining us in this podcast. Welcome. Let's continue, Sir Pao. So you so it's a good it's a good it's a good smooth segue when you mentioned that Sony Kick Nintendo's backside <laughs> because because, it's, isekai, because, because now we're going there. Sorry, with JDF and Isikai. <laughs> <laughs> because now we're going there with two of the most popular myths under that under that, era. that system mm, being okay. the Sony, the first Sony PlayStation. And I don't know which one to start here, but maybe I should go first with the one that's rated G. Which Let's is go rated G first. Yeah. Okay. okay. With, the fi- with Final Fantasy VII, having two specific myths, all, yeah. all, only, all, one and only... two. <laughs> Not that one. <laughs> yeah. So for Final Fantasy VII, they have talked about two specific myths, only proven working through Game Sharks, but in an mm-hmm. actual gameplay. Ah, actual yeah, gameplay, I think I know that one. They will never be possible. Number one is that you can have Sephiroth with you on your team instead of being against Vincent. him on, cer- on certain points, mm. as in Sephiroth himself. The other one is, I think, we- one of the most impossible things to happen since th- it is part of the storyline and it happens to be the saddest part of FF7, which is Aerith's death. And according spoilers. to according to myth, <laughs> spoilers. Come on, Dad. The, 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 the statute of limitations has long passed that <laughs> one already. <laughs> according to myth, you can revive a- you can revive Aerith and make her continue through the end of the game. Which might- I personally I attribute to Nay in Fantasy Star mm-hmm. 2, Dan. I personally attribute that to Nay in Fantasy Star 2 because in Fantasy Star 2. The main female character, uh, was it main female? Uh, your main female party member, Nay, actually dies. Sorry, spoilers. Okay, <laughs> in in one of the in in one of the big battles, and you can use a um 
uh, uh, Mundu, if I remember correctly, Dan. Uh, I, I completely forgot. A revive potion on her mm-hmm. to have her continue fighting until the end of that battle. But she yeah. dies anyway. So yeah. there. That's personally, I attribute it to that one. I, I mean, I it could have a mm-hmm. different. It kind of right. have a different origin, but personally, from fantasy, I think it comes from Fantasy Star Two on the Sega Genesis. Continue, Sir Pao. Uh, and that remind that reminds me of a meme scattering around FF Seven. Mm. FF Seven is that mm. telling why don't we just use Phoenix Downs on her to revive her? <laughs> well, that, that that's it. You know, again, it it happened in Fantasy Star Two. Your your female character died, and you did use a revive. Uh, potion on her she came back to life helped you all the way to the end of the battle but at the end of it she dies anyway so maybe a lot of people kind of got it from that one J- jdm you're about to say that that was uh reverse plot armor reverse plot <laughs> armor yes that is a very uh, good way of saying it that's true it's true plot imagine armor. how traumatized uh, the kids back then when mm. that happened yeah to, it's uh, true. it is but, true it is uh, true we uh because that's for the PS1, so most of the kids back then who played PS1 was around uh, eight, seven, eight years old. When did that come so, out, Sir Paul? Greetings. Ninety-seven. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ninety-seven. And those people who have played um, FF7, uh, not FF7, the uh, FF4. Ah. Uh-huh. Um, there were a lot of tragedy that happened mm, back true. then. True, that is very uh, true. Mm-hmm. I think that's the um, I think that's the Final Fantasy game that had a lot of um, main characters' uh, deaths. I uh, guess oh, yeah. one of it, one if not all of the of all the Final Fantasy games. Uh, all I can say is the, the the kids who were traumatized and cried their eyes out when Eris died in 1997 were um uh, uh, were pansies compared to us 80s kids because no. <laughs> we we no, no. we experienced no, no. the death of we experienced the death of one of the most iconic characters no, no. in the 80s Optimus Prime in the time uh, okay. Transformers okay. movie there you go so okay. we 80s kids okay. who saw our hero die in front of us in the theaters okay. And yeah. cried our eyes out, and said, "Heard you guys crying your eyes out for air for pansies." In, def- uh, in defense of those pansies. Uh, okay, got <laughs> it. In defense mm, of those right. pansies who played Final Fantasy VII yeah, and got go and get uh, and got heartbroken when mm. Aerith did Kick suffer the, the fate that she had. Okay. Okay. Um, in retrospect, it did made its game its resonance. It mm. did give its resonance it because it um, with Ares dying at such a um, such a horrible uh, how, no, horrible way, uh, the fans were thinking, okay, um, it's it kind of add more to its replayability because mm-hmm. what if I made my decisions differently? Mm-hmm. Like for example, the story goes uh, about the myth is that. Um, during the course of the game, you need to you need to choose specific uh, specific choices when being Princess. given the dialogue, different True. options, right? When you uh, when you're being uh, when you're being tasked to answer a few questions, mm-hmm. and then by the time you reach the carnival, uh, during what was that um, the carousel ride? Cosmo uh, Canyon. Ride. Yeah, right? uh, sorry, Cosmo Canyon. Um, what <laughs> Right? No, that, that's the thing. Gold saucer, and, gold saucer. Yeah, the, gold, gold, the, golden, the golden saucer. Until 
one of the myths says that until Aries mentions some a, a specific phrase, then that means you're golden. Mm-hmm. That means eventually she uh, she uh, she'll be back eventually. But despite of all of the replayabilities, despite of all of the branching out of the storyline, Aries will still end up the way she did. I will, I, I will not justify <laughs> her fate by mentioning it. I will keep saying she just suffered a terrible fate. That's it. <laughs> Well, yeah. let's just say in in Pinas it's called tinuhog siya. Okay. This is just me. This is just me still in denial. Thirty yeah. years, been thirty years. I'm still in denial. I still haven't moved on. Mm. Well, well, you could hope for what Dave Scott mentioned in Facebook. Yes, Dave Scott is. Remake the game. Yes, and Remake maybe game. keep her alive this time. I mean, they well, do have the capacity right now. They do have the capacity for alternate timelines. Yeah. They do have a capacity for alternate timelines. Yeah. Yes, PDM. Multiverse. Ahead. By the way, we debunk uh, another myth right now. Actually, so mm-hmm. girls, it's not true. Boys do cry. Oh yeah, there you go. Very true, very true. Good, good info on that one, JDM. I mean, honestly, guys don't have feelings; they don't cry. That that yeah. is a myth. Actually, no. J, uh, Joe does have a very good point on this. It does lend its resonance. Uh, Aerith's death is one of the defining moments of video gaming. Sure, some people might say it's one of those moments that uh, it's is a little bit overhyped or something like that. But the fact mm-hmm. is, the people who were there who experienced it. Did experience a lot of feeling when it happened. Feelings. You can now have the conversation with your yeah. uh, significant other. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah, because I you played, were, you were I played back, Final yeah. Fantasy Seven. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> <Right? laughs> well, no, the, the right, truth is between Optimus Prime di- between Optimus Prime dying mm-hmm. and Aries. And Eric Stein. So, well, what? Uh, the original Transformers movie came out, what, in 1986? 1985-86. I mean, good, yes. I mean, I mean for, for most of the kids then, they're just, what, two, three years old? They don't know about mm. that. Yeah. But growing up, you played Final Fantasy VII, and that's your first, uh, that's your first encounter with death. Mm-hmm. That's the first time you encounter with something so deep, so, something mm-hmm. so real. Because you, you've been playing Eric from the very beginning. All up until this tree when she mm-hmm. dies. Mm-hmm. But I have to say that there's a major difference between uh, the death of Optimus Prime and the death of Eris. Eris is a party member. You've 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 ground her. You've leveled her up. You've you equipped her with her. the best you stuff. Really... Sorry, you sorry. Be... Phrasing, you phrasing her. <laughs> phrasing. Okay. You <laughs> her. practically groomed the girl. Fine, fine, fine. You've you've leveled her up to the point that she is. Uh, uh, Powerful you've invested enough. a lot of time in her. You've invested in a lot of time in her for her to meet the faith that she did. Whereas in I have to ignore Tifa's boobs just be, uh, just so that I can be with Amy. Fine, fine. But oh, in Optimus Prime's case, in Optimus Prime's case, he was your idol all throughout the first season of of Transformers. Transformers. And for you him die, kick the bucket in the manner that he did was is is it the difference between seeing a best bud uh he, seeing a best bud die and seeing your idol die mm-hmm. i guess it's there's a different different resonance in those it's so like I, your I, best friend die it, i don't know what's worse it's like your best friend dying or mm-hmm. your true love dying i guess mm-hmm. i guess that's, that's I a guess. good for, for me the thing with aries is mm-hmm. that she wasn't really a very she was a pretty empty character mm-hmm. you no. Know, <laughs> <laughs> 
Fuck my pearls. Yeah, clutching oh, pearls right there. Fuck my pearls. Mate, Tifa, you spent you spent most, most, most of the early game mm-hmm. flirting with Tifa and, and messing about with Tifa. And then Aries just she was just there, weren't she? She were she were Aries mm. Aries Aries felt like the mm. person that if you and Tifa were to hook up and you were to be able to talk Tifa into having a threesome with another girl, then you'd go to Aries. <laughs> <laughs> No, the thing is, Dan makes a good point on this. Tifa was guilty. <gasps> no, 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 no. In terms of story-wise, you were entering into Final Fantasy VII. No, no, I mean, in terms of story-wise, you're entering into Final Fantasy VII with Tifa having a backstory built up. Or with, in Aerith, you, with Aerith, you kind of had to discover her backstory as you went along. I guess mm-hmm. that's that's the thing. Yeah, it, it, I, I, I always, I never missed her. When Sephiroth mm. killed her, I was like... And plus, see, again, mm. like Sir Joel... I'd seen it. I'd seen it done before. It was no shock to me. We had it in oh. Fantasy Star Two, and then we had it in Fantasy Star Four, um, and both those were like massive moments. The, you know, oh, grown yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So when, when, when it comes to Aries died in three D. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> okay, He died in three D. <laughs> We'll, we'll give that to John. We'll give that to him then. And now she's going to die in high death. Oh, yeah. In 4K. Where's your kind of smart growth now? In 4K resolution. With 4K resolution. There you and go. Honestly, though, and like Dave Scott says, it is it, it, the, with the multiverse, diverse possibilities. You never know. They but might. Mm, yes. <laughs> that's fine. That's fine. You never know. You never know. It, it all depends on. On again, developers might listen to all of the clamor that the mm-hmm. gamers are making right now, and they might do something. So we'll see. We'll see how that all shakes out. Back to you, Sir. But, Pao. but for but for now, Sergio, you have to accept that Aries will never be revived in the first game, in the original one. Yes. And can somebody clip that he's part alive. where he's shocked because he's she's alive here? She's uh, she's alive she's in alive Sir right John's here. heart right there. <laughs> Is alive here and Tifa is alive here. Yeah. Oh, like, easy, easy. It's like the uh, spear that uh, was uh, struck to Jesus Christ when she was when he was. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah the, the, the spear of long. It's like so the good. knife that stabbed uh, Julius Caesar at the back. Speaking of which, there is this called um, the book. Uh, which features Ares and Tifa on their perspective during the course of the Final Fantasy VII game. Um, that book is available now if, if you guys want to check that out. Anyways, go back, go back. Mm. I'll have to je- I'll have to get the title of that book from you later, John. We'll, okay. we'll find that. And since you're so sad now, let's make you happy because I know you've been waiting for this rumor <laughs> about about the game Tomb Raider 2, the new mm. Lara Croft. <laughs> and, and this portion is now rated PG. All right, children, step out of the room. Uh, go play <laughs> Go play with your Nintendos. Okay. <laughs> or go or, play with or. your joysticks, either or. Oh, fine. <laughs> Where's our consensia? Conscience? Oh, no, no, no. Sir, Sir Raven had to step out. Okay. <laughs> anyway, continue. <laughs> so, it, so there has been a rumor that in, the sec- that in the second Tomb Raider game of Sony PlayStation... Oh, there's the book. Two paths. I'll remember so, that one. There's a possibility that you can, well, see Lara Croft undressed in the game. Mm. <clears throat> I'm, I'm not sure which scene because I... Well, honestly, I haven't played Tomb Ra- any Tomb Raider game before. Ah, okay. although, although this would probably this was probably born out of the fact that well, 
let's be honest, even in a pixel, even in a pixelated figure, Lara hmm. Croft is still so damn hot. Nah, well, <laughs> and, I think oh, about, the thing about Lara Croft is that she is a, a one of the female gaming icons. She, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, it's it's not the fact that she was the first one. She was one of the one of the big ones to break out really metroid metroid samus of metroid is one of the first ones but lara croft is one of the first ones to really make it to the big time as in to hit popular culture and everybody knew when you say uh lara croft oh she's that she's that character in that video game right no but when you say samus aaron people don't know who that is you say lara croft people know who lara croft is. okay yeah. continue sir uh- and Kuya Joe, there's a there's an uncensored part there. We might get cut. <laughs> oh my goodness! Okay, there you go. Uh, turn on your filters, Joe. <laughs> right there. Oh, there oh my go. goodness! Okay, there fine, you go. Fine. fine. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, children. Okay. So, it, so well, let let's let's say that let's say it. It's not a. It's not true. It's a busted myth. It will it will never it will never happen in the actual game of Tomb Raider 2. But hell. For 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 someone to be fa- for someone to fantasize on a game, <laughs> gamers will still ho- game male gamers will still hope for it. Mm. Actually, this uh, actually this rumor also reached to my high school. <laughs> uh, no, no, I, actually I did. Um, so this was what 97, 98 when Tomb Raider mm-hmm. first came out, and I'm not even playing. To, I'm not even playing Tomb Raider, but I know who who the character was. And then when we, when I heard the rumor, I'm like, okay, sure. sure. But there were a, there there were there were a lot of my friends who were quite fixated on the idea, uh-huh. and not even Game Shark codes work. True. And they said there were there's a speci- there's a specific area in which you can do this with the Game Shark codes, but it's still proven bullshit. It, it was it was just bogus. This was just um. This was just a product of a uh, someone's prepubescent dream of some sort. Well, uh, <laughs> well, at least the Game Shark can make your Ares revive, but cannot make Lara Croft nude. Ah, uh, okay. Fucking uh, <laughs> words. No, no, no. But, but seriously, though, um, when the game developers heard about the rumor, uh, they were just uh, they were just flabbergasted by the imagination of of what the people came up with, and they thought. Can we do that on the sequel? But the publisher says no, so they had to remove it. Oh. Yeah, they, they had the idea on the second game, but yeah, publisher says nah, it's a good idea, but no. <laughs> and it, and if you're someone who's looking forward for that, and the publisher says no, what would you be? Let's be honest here. What would you feel <laughs> with all the pixelated glory, <laughs> with all the blockiness? Sure, why not? Why not? <laughs> Well, many many gamers look forward for it, and look what they and look what Dave Scott mentioned here in our comments. One of the first thing I searched when I got access to the internet was for the Lara Croft nude codes. He <laughs> <Meaning laughs> really look forward <laughs> to it. Actually, Actually, to, in internet, uh, you really don't need the code. Just just type Lara Croft nude. <laughs> oh, but that, back in the nineties, that wasn't possible. Yeah. Back in the nineties, Joe, that wasn't that wasn't really readily available to the kid in in the internet uh, internet part of the school library just yet. And this was and this was nineteen ninety eight, guys. So mm. all, all in text. <laughs> and and Ray Q has mentioned something here. I he I'm not sure which Tomb Raider game. There was actually a 
code for making Lara nude, but then it does not really make Lara Lara Croft nude. Instead, mm. it will make Lara Croft explode. Oh my goodness! Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. Oh sure, of course. I, I mean, it's not as controversial of making her nude. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. her explode, you know, sure. Violence is perfectly acceptable. It's part yeah, of the video violence game is okay, already. but sex and nudity is a no-no. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. you know, you have I to think... get go to the back part of the store for that one. Anyway, <laughs> in relation to the comment of Rakeo about the uh, patches, oh, patch, I think yeah. this is the reason why we have a mother's right. I think mm. this like a paved way to the people in the community who are uh, doing uh, mods for the game because now yeah. uh, you can actually when there's a game that was recently recently released uh, for example Resident Evil for the remake uh, people can have their own ideas and add those um, things that they want to see in the game right and uh i'm uh uh i played oblivion i played skyrim so you have different mods there mm. you can put um uh, like leprechauns in the game <laughs> i think this made uh this really paved um these myths really paved a way to uh mothers mods uh, yeah. right and because uh, back then um not all of the people have Uh, PCs like uh, it was uh, during the 90s it was the time for um, console it was a time for console players so uh, you play right in the disc in the cartridge you can't do anything unless you um, are a programmer and you can you inserted a piece of code in the cartridge or in the disc so it really um, made people think and Mm -hmm. It like uh, revolutionized PC gaming. Yeah, and to and to and to make that simple, the only way for most myths to come true is through modifications. Yeah, yeah. Uh, JDM makes a salient point. It it was likely one of the kickers of the modding community. People really got into uh, modifying code, studying code, understanding how things yeah. worked in the computers. Let's just say horniness is a great motivator. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Well, well, those yep, yeah, <laughs> every single one of us yep. says yes to that one. Yep. Well, those those mods have made those fantasies come mm. true, especially mm. in female characters like Jill Valentine in Resident Evil 3. You'd be so surprised at all the streams that I yes. catch sometimes on on Facebook with all these oh. mods running. And it's like, oh my goodness! Oh, I, and, and, and they don't get censored, but you and do. they do not get censored. They do not get censored. Uh, and you get you censored do. for <laughs> playing King's Quest. But Quest. Y'all streams get censored all the time. Yeah, my oh, streams get censored like crazy. <laughs> it's, it's a <laughs> it's a DOS game for goodness sake. Okay. Hashtag FUFB. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> oh, speaking Ooh. of uh, speaking of Final Fantasy and people who are dead, mm, are we uh, going to talk about Squall? Squall is dead. Oh yeah, that's another that's another fan theory. Um, Joe, you might be more you might be more qualified for this because you are our resident RPG expert. Yeah. Oh no, not really. Sorry. Not really. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Dan is the RPG expert. Well, the fan. And, uh, um, the story goes is mm. that um, during um, almost by the end of this two. Uh, spoilers. Mm. So Idea ah. stabbed Squall right square on the um, ha square on your on the right lung, and then 
the next morning he uh, he wakes up scot free nothing like he just woke mm-hmm. up like nothing happened right yeah so the uh, so the speculation was he died right there on the spot and everything that happened from this three, from this tree onwards it's just his dying dream mm-hmm. everything that happened and it, it, you're, you're going to look at the first two discs all the events they're all grounded like all mirror uh, or uh, they were pre- uh, uh, police procedural uh, police procedural all grounded all mil- all military student life stuff and then but uh, and then when after the events of idea magic time travel monsters going up to space all of the lo- all of the lunacy stuff yeah. starts yeah. happening yeah. which kind of gets to differ are we uh, are we still talking about this are we still are we still talking about the same game here so the fan theory was everything that's, that's happening from uh, from this three onwards is just his dying dream you were to, you were able to say that no I, I i and i love that theory i think mm. it works brilliantly with the game because uh, um, it, it 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 fits like joel just explaining there it fits in brilliantly with the the events of the game and for me it actually gives the game it makes the game better if i if i view it from that that fan theory point of view it makes it more interesting and better because and creepy it, actually <laughs> it, it, it gets it gets so ridiculous doesn't it that that is one of the things about Final Fantasy VIII for me is that, like Joe says, it's kind of grounded. It, it, it stays within the confines of its own rules for, for quite right. a while. And, and, and then it, it it does stupid, stupid stuff. Do you know what I mean? It really when, when it goes bonkers. It, yeah. When you're floating oh, out in space, you know, it's things like that. I'm like, what? what it just does. It, it don't, it, and time it, travel. Yeah. <laughs> Dimension distorting. Renoa falling in love with you. Yeah, yeah, it, th- th- those are all dreams. <laughs> it, it's, it's all exactly. It, it, if you try to, if you the setup's great, and then if you if you get the, if you have the conclusion, um, if you if you tr- just try and accept it normally, it's very hard to do that because it's not. It's it's a bit nonsensical. It's mm. just yeah. If you tr- if you if you have the conclusion um, as part of Joe's theory, it becomes a much better game for it. So I think I think that works. That. It's one of and those. There's it's also this uh, this ending, the ending scene when you finally be uh, when you finally beat the final boss. There's this uh, there's this montage of different images, and then it goes right there, the yeah. hollow face of Squall. It it's 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 one of those fan theories that actually enhances your experience of the game. And I wonder what did Square mention about that. Is. Oh, um, I, I read about that, and according to the the game developers, they said no, nope, uh, everything happened as it is. Um, Squall's not dead. Uh, <laughs> everything was meant to be this way. <laughs> oh, but then it, but then the 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 way the story was portrayed, it made it made it look like that. It's just it, a dying dream. Did, well, it kind of made some sense if you think about it. Thinking that Squall was uh, was 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 in limbo state at the time, like kind of why these things are happening, like Sir uh, like Sir Dan mentioned. The, the the end the 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 back end of Final Fantasy is just it's just nonsensical. It's it's it's. Uh... It was okay during the first two discs, as uh, to, to be <laughs> yeah. honest. If they yeah, just it's... kept on it, sure, why not? Mm-hmm. It's just it's just that them last. It, it doesn't tie up very well. Basically, the, mm-hmm. the, set, the setup is great and then the delivery mm-hmm. of what you get you just think 
that doesn't really make any sense. It leaves a lot of questions, more questions than answers. So, so apparently, you know, are you going to tell me that all of your party members live in the same orphanage when you were kids during at the time and you just suddenly forgot all about it only because you keep using your summon GFs? Exactly. Every time you use guardians, uh, your guardian forces, every time you summon these creatures, a piece of your memory gets lost. So are you mm-hmm. saying, okay, sure, that's fine. Oh, it just so happens, uh, all of us here, all six of us here, we, we all live in the same orphanage when we were kids, but I just forgot. You yeah. all oh. just forgot. And oh. it's, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I totally agree, mate. Totally agree. Well, after all, it's Final Fantasy. It is Final <laughs> Fantasy, no. Well, It is called Final Fantasy Star. Yeah, oh, Final Fantasy Star. <laughs> so... To no to, to continue mentioning about modifications in games, so certain certain myths have made them possible, including the last one we have here from the era of the DVDs, specifically in PS2, the game GTA San Andreas, wherein uh. a Bigfoot monster exists in the game, <laughs> and th- and this myth was based on the fact that in a certain area in a forest. There is a silhouette of uh, somebody like what we are seeing right now, and they believe and they believe that it was a Bigfoot monster. But but then through modific through modifications, game some some mothers have made it possible that a Bigfoot monster does exist in GTA San Andreas. But on the actual game, it's on the actual game itself that. That silhouette in the forest is still very much unknown to what creature that is or whoever that is. <clears throat> the way I heard it was just uh, the way I heard it. It was it was some glitch from the coding of the game that just it's, it, it, which coincidentally it just sprung within the forest. And every time you see something in the forest, you'll the first thing you'll think of is the Sasquatch. Yeah. <laughs> but then I haven't played any GTA game before, so yeah. I will I would not dare make a guess on who's that who's that who's that Pokemon who's that Pokemon <laughs> right? Might be Hitmon Lee, might be Hitmon Chan. Oh my goodness! Or or maybe Monkey or Primeape or Macho or Macho. Well, you know, I'm gonna venture into I'm gonna venture into PGR rated territory here, but. You know, my my personal opinion is that maybe the big hairy monster in San Andreas is related to CJ. So, uh, another another um, myth, a rumor that actually got proven to be real, which is the the hot coffee mod. Ooh. All right. Oh yes, <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. yes. There you oh, go. Uh, you know what's true in San Andreas? There are mm. a lot of things that happening in San Andreas. Um, there's a ghost car in the middle of uh, oh, yeah. Lane County. Uh, it was a... I'm not sure if it was um, intended to be there, but there's a spawn point of a car in the middle of the forest that um, whenever it spawns, it's going to drop in uh, like an inclined uh, uh, what do you call this? Point in that county that's why it's like moving towards mm. the um, the character uh, cj because it was inclined so um once it spawns in that point 
it moves moving. towards Might the uh, character depending on where the character is so i think it was intended to be there and there's also um a part in uh the fo- near the lake there's a lake there it has mm-hmm. uh like a wheelchair mm-hmm. in on the riverbanks so i think it's uh, an homage to the uh, slasher flick oh, yeah. in the uh of uh, the 70s oh, yeah. and 80s and oh. yeah that one yeah yeah that's exactly the one well that's the only thing i can drive personally <laughs> and uh the reason I, I i guess the reason why there are so many of these things is because for uh during that time we were introduced to the open world genre where you can True. just drive around um you can drive around and explore the area instead of going to the like the main doing the main quest so people are like into treasure hunts or something like that just to make um mm-hmm. like uh, for example they're stressed at work or at school they just have to play this game and explore they don't really want to like going through the game they, they're like just playing casually so mm-hmm. they see a lot of things here in san andreas and even in other games right like in uh, oblivion in skyrim there are so many and actually most some of them are side quests instead of just these um, easter eggs well in defense of rockstar Mm-hmm. In creating, uh, so this is what the PS2 era, and creating something like a uh, like an open world game. Yeah. Uh, there's bound to be some glitches here and there. I mean, I'm not going to expect them to create something so airtight. Mm-hmm. I mean, eventually some people will find some uh, some things, some anomalies that were not supposed to be there, and most likely um, the later GTA games. Uh, they perfected it a little bit more. Um, they programmed the games uh, a bit more tightly compared to the PS uh, compared to the PS2 trilogies, of course. And but these again, are just just happy. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm going to say happy discoveries, though. Yeah. But again, as you mentioned, it is an open world game that is yeah. that is bound with glitches. Yeah, because it, it, it was a big undertaking in their part. Uh, I mean, I'm not. Yeah. I mean, right? True, and I and I suffer. And, Pretty ambitious. And I think the latest Pokemon game suffered the same thing since that's, op- that's right. an open world thing. So yeah, there were glitches when it was first released until they get to fix them from time to time for each and every update. Oh, Sir Bell is uh, Sir Bell is asking if we are done with the arcades. Yeah, uh, I, think yeah I, st- I, I think we can still allot 30 more mi- 30 minutes more for that one. Sure, before we <laughs> end the show. <laughs> well, we mentioned already the Street Fighter thing about How about Polybius. Yeah. And we haven't talked and, about Polybius. Yeah. Oh yeah. Do you, mind, po- do you mind if I squeeze uh, a few chrono trigger myths? Ah, okay. Here we go. Is that sure, okay? go, yeah. go, go, go. Shoot. <laughs> right, okay. Let me let me see if I can get these up for you. Sure. <laughs> so Back to the very start of the show, mm-hmm. um, we we discussed why people 
and make these myths up. So obviously promotion, um, word of mouth, etc. Well, one of the the reasons as well, fanboyism. Fanboyism. Mm. A, a, a lot of these people, um, a lot of these people make just make things up really to try and claim ownership of certain things. So back to Chrono Trigger, my uh, the <laughs> the, uh, the game that everybody knows that that winds me up big time. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I've shared a, a screen. I don't know if uh, I don't know if Joe can pop that on, but this is a, a conversation um, of, of, of one of the chaps who, who basically I've asked this guy. So you tell me what Chrono Trigger did before any other game that makes it so special. Mm-hmm. And these are the myths that that this guy either he either he's made them up himself or believes it. But th- I've I've seen this claimed many times. I've seen this claimed like you know like most days in in various different groups. And I guess that answers the first question of our next part. Where did where did you learn these myths about Chrono Trigger? <laughs> well, exactly. No, well, this this, this is just fa- Facebook groups, obviously, and and and, and this uh-huh. is something I, I read a lot, especially in the, the RPG group on Facebook. Oh, uh, you so, know what? Maybe these were uh, these were his criteria <laughs> on well, that, uh, during that during that time when Chrono Trigger was first released. Mm-hmm. Because well, with time travel, I. I would say Secrets of Evermore and Terranigma, sure. Multiple game endings. There are other RPGs uh, during the 16-bit era who had those ones. New Game Plus. What are the 16, 16-bit RPGs who had Your first new Game Plus was Zelda 2. It's very big. Oh, sure. So, so it's, it's, again, so yeah, so time, time travel. Um, there were, to be fair, there were it's a not few... not really exclusive, though. Time travel... Now, there, I there, mean, were few, there were a few earlier um, RPG. I mean, even Earthbound right before that, weren't it? And, and that had time traveling. Um, um, oh, uh, Fantasy Star Three, Fantasy Star Three had time travel. You know, the, the, one, one of the endings on Fantasy Star Three, you were uh, you travel back through a black hole and time. So I get, I can kind of see where it's coming from with the time travel one, but the the other ones definitely not. Multiple endings were done in in various games before. Fan, again, Fantasy Star Three did that in 1990. So when people start claiming that a 1995 game did something for the first time, yeah, you know, I mean, I mean that's a big gap, a five year gap. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's, it's, that's that's a, a, a huge myth. Um, New game Unless, of course, they haven't played the final fan- uh, the fantasy star games, though. Not, <laughs> I mean, if they, not, haven't, if they haven't it. played those games, then they can pretty much easily say this one. If he's not, if he's not played it, fair enough. But is, I'm not asking him. I'm not asking him what game did you play first at it. I'm asking him what was the first game. And I'm not just asking this kid. I'm asking. This is throughout no end of groups. This is this is where the myths come from. They believe that that. Chrono Trigger was the first RPG with multiple endings, and there were there were quite a few. I mean, I'm saying Fantasy Star Three, but there were a few PC ones that had it as well before. I think I'm sure there were one back as, as early as like '87. Mm-hmm. So, um, uh, uh, character combined attacks um, that had been done in Fantasy Star Four several mm-hmm. years earlier, um, and non yes. non-random, non-random battles that had been done on fan. Uh, Final Fantasy Mystic Quest and and the first one I'm aware of was Sorcerer's Kingdom in 1992 on the on the Sega Mega Drive. So um, again, this this is another example of, of, of where gaming myths come from. Is is that basically people look at Chrono Trigger, think, "Wow, I love that game. I love it so much. I'm gonna pretend it did all these things," and it didn't. And that answers the third question: If was the myth true? And you just busted. It. <laughs> but I don't. <laughs> 
But I don't think you're not disappointed at no. all. No, and the thing no, about I'm, it is, no. this guy presented a list of stuff that is objectively false, but maybe subjectively true for him. Yes. Because it's yes. in his experience, it might have been the case that these are the this was the first time that he experienced these. But objectively speaking, if you fact check him, yes, is are these are these elements the first time that actually showed up on Chrono Trigger? And the question objectively false. The, exactly, mate. The, the question I asked her, if you read the very top um, line there, it says, uh, "So I've I've asked him." In what ways did Chrono Trigger invent mm-hmm. things to mm-hmm. pave the way for future RPGs? And he's replied, it paved the way in many ways. Mm. People did learn from it. What are you talking about? And these are the examples. So he's, he's, he's not just saying, he's not saying these are my experiences of it. He's mm. saying the, the, the gaming industry looked mm-hmm. at Chrono Trigger as, a, as an example and that's where it got all its ideas from. And, and like I say, that is factually incorrect. Yes, so, um, oh. and this and it happens all the time. It happens, and and, it, and it's bought. It's basically born out of a, a, a Chrono Trigger fans de- so desperate for that game to be worshipped mm. that they, they have to claim it does everything, and and, and that drives me potty. It's it's just, it's just bad in terms of the fact that you if you spread myths like this, which are objectively false, it mm. does distort history overall, yeah. and that's not a good way of going about things because we have. As, as as we can objectively prove these things wrong, mm-hmm. and if for for rumors like this to keep spreading, or if you force this spreading just so that you can satiate your fanboyism, well, that's not a good way to go about it. Could not agree. And the more you say something, eventually the more real it becomes. Mm-hmm. And the and that guys was our new segment. Chrono Trigger ain't shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there you go. That's it. Oh. All right. I'm all for that one. <laughs> and, I, um, and I would like to retranslate one of our viewers' comments, Ray mm. in a line more popularly known in Star, in Star Wars. The bias is strong with me. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Very true. All right. Very true. Mate. All right. Uh, Bell mentioned there about Red Alert 2. The myth was... Uh, Red Alert 2 was the inspiration towards the 9-11 attacks. Mm, yeah, okay. Uh, saying that uh, the third plane that uh, that crashed in the Pentagon was uh, was a, was inspired from a, from Red Alert, mm-hmm. but Red Alert came out in 2000, of course, mm-hmm. and then unfortunately. The third uh, the third plane crashed in the Pentagon the year after um, the year after that. But and- hey, who knows? Like maybe uh, um, uh, maybe uh, Osama bin Laden was playing Red Alert too. Oh, okay, we can do this. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, who knows, right? And to think but- the first the and to think the first Soviet mission is to destroy the Pentagon. Mm, there you go. Everybody wants to destroy the Pentagon. <laughs> It's true. It's true. Russia, I mean, China, Iraq. <laughs> well, it's yes. a nice little. It's a nice little uh, lightning rod. It's a nice little lightning rod. Ooh. Yeah, you were about to say, Dad. So yeah. So what's the first get? What's the first game that you can actually destroy the Pentagon in? Did you know? Uh, not off the top of my head. Which one is it? Chrono Trigger. Sorry, which one? Chrono Trigger. Chrono Trigger. You heard it here only. 
whoever this guy is, he he's he's got a lot of spunk. I'll have to I'll have <laughs> to hand it to him when 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 he listed this out. It, it, it's he has a, he has brass balls. It's about, no, it's not about Conquer. It's Luca who destroyed yeah. the Pentagon. Oh my goodness! Okay, <laughs> fine. All right, uh, Sir Pao, handing it back to you. What is the what is uh, you were about to say the the semi second to the last segment, which is the game yeah. gaming myths that each panelist discovered and tried to prove, to prove if it's true mm-hmm. or not. And I think Dan answered that with that chrono trigger chrono trigger thing. Mm. And, and I would like to know your own discoveries, even at least one gaming myth that you found. And did you try to prove it by playing it or by watching it on videos? And if it mm. was not true, how disappointed were you? Mm-hmm. Okay, um, I'm going first. So, um, this was um, my game is um, Yu Yu Hakusho for the Sega Mega Drive. Yeah, Yu Yu Hakusho. Where is that one? Um, so the is story that... was on the character select screen. Um, I'm gonna show the image here. Mm. Is it about a secret character? The secret character, yes. I so, heard it. <laughs> um, where is that one? So the story was between Chu and the younger Taguro. Hmm. There's a there's a quite a, uh, there's there's a suspicious space right there. Hang on, um, I'll just put it uh-huh. in. Oh, there's no big, um, there's nothing bigger here. Uh, there's a suspicious space right over there. So this is uh, so the, this is Chu right here. And there's younger Taguro right here, and for some reason there's a space right here in between them. Oh, I see. If you can see right there, I mean, I'm trying to see. Uh, I'm trying to look for a um, a bigger resolution there. Right click, open image in new tab. And uh, no, it's only three twenty by two twenty four. I'll look oh. for a bigger one. Is that one? Well, anyways, the story was there's supposed to be a oh, hidden there. character right there. Yeah, much bigger. Ah, all right there. See. Yeah. See right there. So there's the, so so if you're going to look at them closely, they are well spaced all together except for this one here. The one with the. So the story was there's supposed to be a secret character there, and mm-hmm. um, there were speculations on who was going to be there. Um, some people thought it might have been from the dark tournament. Some people thought it might be another henchman from Sensui, but nope. Um, despite of everything, not even the uh, not even the guides, even at this time, can even prove this. These even are all dark tournament play- characters, right? Yeah, all tournament characters, and th- those are the playable characters. Even if you play them in the hardest difficulty, one by one, um, nothing, n- nothing shows. However, in the options menu, if you uh, if you search for the the BGM mm-hmm. or just uh audio clips there's this uh there's this unfamiliar voice clip coming from somebody who is not among the playable characters so my guess would have been there might be a, uh, there might be some guy who's supposed to be a hidden character there but for some reason it, it wasn't included during the coding of the game mm. it's just so they either they rushed the production they forgot about this guy and the audio clips was just there oh so I cannot say it's proven that he's not there, he or she's not there, but there's there's supposed to be someone there. <laughs> yeah. 
that's how this well, that, that's for me yeah i mean i i mean i played this game ever since i got my mega drive uh back in 1995 i played the game uh, i played the game religiously after school i got shit i ain't got nothing <laughs> i got what nothing well well with that an additional question for you would be who would who would you want to be in that little space over there Um, the popular belief what it was supposed to be Karasu would have been great all black Notice- long hair noticeable noticeable right. that Karasu is not even there good Karasu ain't there well uh, like I said I mean it's either someone from the dark tournament I mean there, there's a lot I mean you already got Chu you already got Jin and, the, mm-hmm. and then the Takuro brothers who else do you want to be there I would say someone from uh, from Sensui's posse or the demon sniper maybe <laughs> Like Mokuro and Yomi? <laughs> oh no, I mean Mokuro, uh, Mokuro, Yomi, and Ryzen was already in the final game anyway. Oh yeah, usually Hakusho final uh, SNES. So they already have their own game, but this was during the time of uh, um, right after the aftermath of the Dark Tournament. So Dark Tournament. hey, anyways, that's just uh, well, that's the game for me. I see. How about who's next? <laughs> but I, anyone, anyone or I JDM? You wanna you wanna go first? Yeah. Uh yeah, it's. Actually, not the. I did not find this out because um, I just saw it in the magazine. If I could just share it, uh, have you uh, ever heard of the uh, like a cheat code that you can play as uh, Goki or Akuma in Resident Evil 2 by oh, using only by using only a handgun and a knife? Then you have to finish it six times. Uh, let me see. So, um, in this story, you can um, you can defeat Nemesis by doing a short you can or Hadouken to his face, <laughs> or the raging demon itself. Or raging demon. So this I found this in um, in a. Uh, well, all of you Resident Evil no. players, right there. <laughs> <laughs> you can challenge yourself with this one. All right. So this is it. Um, you need to play uh, each both scenarios six times. So you need to play. Technically, you need to play it twelve times. Yeah. Right. Then there's a part in the uh, umbrella lab where you can register your fingerprint and enter your name. So you need to place a coma instead of guess. And then on the next playthrough, on your 13th playthrough, you're going to receive this cutscene, which I think is go supposed to be a cutscene of Akuma coming out of a uh, cryo chamber. Then you can see him doing a hadoken to an enemy, and there's also a uh, like a photo here which includes uh, Mr. X. Uh-huh. Yeah. What April? <laughs> Oh, and then what, what April Fool's year is this? <laughs> <laughs> and then I just uh, realized that this issue was released by EGM EGM2. This magazine was it's EGM2. It's like a spin-off of Electronic Gaming's uh, Electronic Gaming Monthly, Gaming Monthly. Uh, oh. EGM. And really this uh, magazine focused about uh, Bullshit. Cheat codes. Uh, hundreds, a thousand of cheat codes instead of, oh, of the, the like reviews. Uh-huh. It has reviews, but like in a uh, minimal. So most of them are tricks of uh, 
tricks of the trade this one the cheat codes the walkthroughs and then i actually had this uh, copy back in 1998 which my uh, cousins borrowed and they did not return it that's the urban legend you, right there you thank you you bastards yeah so, <laughs> <laughs> there you go <laughs> so this is the GM cover squared. okay so so it's the 1000 greatest tricks as you can see april of 1998 and of april i saw april right there i saw okay. april right there so and it's then april. I saw on April the right there. And on the next page, you will see this like uh, editor Article. rant. Yeah, he did a rant about um, the animals, like we mentioned earlier about PETA. Why not kill uh, uh, people instead of the endangered species? I saw April right there, 98. God damn it. <laughs> and then you can see here editor stats. Golden Eye Rental, it takes two. Find the Fool. There's an April Fool hidden inside. So, but they did That's not true. actually mention it in the next uh, in the next month. So, it was actually a practical joke. And um, I was one of the lucky kids back there who was not gullible enough to do this kind of uh, uh, things. I ha I can't even like beat the first boss with the handgun or a knife i need to use my shotgun or my uh like my desert eagle <laughs> uh, yeah, but i don't i i never i never realized there um there was such a holiday as an april fools uh not until i was in college actually true like i never realized like so every time april hits i never um the term april fools never hit me the same way i always thought you know it's just april but of course this uh this is just a uh there's this is just a, a western semi pseudo holiday of some uh -huh. sort so i guess, so i guess we can conclude right now that these myths are mostly april fools thing <laughs> most of them yes unless uh somebody in the community can actually plays Akuma in the Resident Evil 2 game. <laughs> mods. <laughs> yeah, mods. Mod mods. Mod. Like ROM hacks or something like that. that I How else are you Oh, me personally? Um, uh, the only myth that I remember having heard of in grade school and during the playground was one concerning the Nintendo Game & Watch. I'm sharing the screen right now. Maybe Joe can put it up. Uh, my favorite uh, Nintendo Game & Watch back then was one called Parachute. And for those of you who are not familiar with it, the, the Game & Watches are little handheld LCD games where you can play small but addictive quality games that you would you would carry around with you and you would get high scores there would Kids, be no ending legend has it there's this <laughs> device that you can actually carry inside your pocket and just yes. play mm -hmm. even before there was game boy there was there just was one game on it though. Game and there, watch. <laughs> yes there was just one game on it and that's why you, as a game and watch player had to have that game and watch and trade 
with your buddies who had other game and too i had this one in particular uh parachute my other buddies had octopus my other buddies had fire my other other buddies had um uh, egg where you had to catch eggs be- being laid by by other pe- by other animals but the thing about it is the 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 rumor was that if you hit a certain number of points in game and watch in in grade school you would get a a a screen a thank you screen from the nintendo developers saying you won the game which is actually impossible because the myth that that myth is pretty much impossible because the lcd screen had no capacity if you had a look very closely the the patterns on the lc had no capacity for it to show a congratulations or a thank you screen on it it's just these characters these nothing yes there was absolutely nothing that could make that happen but kids my age who were playing game and watch back then uh was were trying for it anyway they were trying for the highest score possible to try to catch that congratulations or thank you from the developers or from the programmers in nintendo so that was something i tried it i tried to reach as high as i could but in the end of it the, the game got too fast for me and of course the the parachuters yeah. would always get eaten by the sharks so but Uncle I, Joe, how yeah. come a game and a watch at the same time yes it, it, it was innovative actually uh, uh, Ray, uh, uh, uh grandson ricky it was pretty innovative during the day because the room uh the, the legend goes that the developer of the game and watch was traveling on the on the japanese subway and he saw a a, a businessman a japanese businessman across the aisle so bored that he was doing nothing but play uh play with his calculator his old lcd calculator and he saw i'm not quite sure if it was gonpei yokoi who actually did that but he saw the possibility of developing something that will allow for people to at least play while they're on the go hence the game and watch was developed so it was a game and it could tell you the time when you propped it up on your desk so that you could see what time it was until your until your your work was over and that you could you know you could play the game again so it no, was a i game don't believe watch. you the next <laughs> you in your phone what's next oh uh, fine fine okay all right kid go outside go play outside give me your phone go play outside you know go go play in the mud you know there you go so that eat some was, sand yeah go eat some sand rub rub dirt on your on your wound okay so so that was the myth that was going around in grade school during my time game and watch had a congratulations screen if you hit the high score which was impossible it never happened we all tried it it just got faster and faster until you died until all of your misses accumulated and you began the game was over it it was i guess it was you know some some silly kids way of trying to you know of trying trying to say hey i achieved high score and i got i got the congratulations screen beat you to yeah, it you, know, like you got eaten by a shark yeah exactly no there. <laughs> <laughs> so that was my personal experience of getting a uh, uh an urban myth or a legend that everybody tried to prove but we never did back to i wonder survival. how many game and watch got confiscated back in elementary school because i remember uh my classmates uh like they bring their game gear they mm. bring their uh, game boys they mm. got confiscated because they keep on playing even playing when, during class during even class, in yeah. between uh recess when the teacher like comes in they just get 
like they like actually snatch the thing away from you just then we just took it yeah maybe that's time to recess is our time it, it's our private time it's also it's also supposed to be our free time we can do shit i mean we can do our own shit Mm-mm. they have no maybe, business taking maybe, away our stuff no it's what happened their, was like, uh, like it, it's their alibi to so they could actually try play the, the games the games themselves when but, they're in the faculty room yeah right? but you know so some, i have some, this game boy from one of the kids there you go although <laughs> some 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 idiots uh in in my buddy group would still play their game and watches during class and that would get it confiscated and well that's it, on you <laughs> exactly <laughs> that that was on them and but then that, again, that ruined but that ruined the fun for everybody because then uh, the parents had uh, uh went went up in arms and said you can't bring your game and watch anymore because it's will confiscate it so our underground economy of exchanging game and watch machines with each other for an hour at a time just went kaput so <laughs> <laughs> then now for just to make this quick for me hey hey he reached 200 mm-hmm. he reached 200 <laughs> points he erases his uh misses once he reached 200 oh, points now i see mm-hmm. well just to make just to make this quick for me the I, I have been through a lot of rumors and gaming myths, but the one that stands out to me is this one rumor from Symphony of the Night. Mm. And with having four possible endings based on how are you beating the game, on how many percent or or whom are you going to kill just to beat just to beat the game, there has this rumor of the so-called fifth ending for for the Symphony of the Night. And I nearly thought that it's true because there was actually a leak recording from the voice actors of the game on what the fifth ending would have looked like if it mm. happened in the real game. And to spoil to spoil the story, it was it is Maria Renard being be, becoming a monster, killing Richter Belmont, and then it will lead to a final battle between Rick, between Alucard and Maria Renard. Mm. And and the ending would be Alucard will be the lone su- lone survivor in everyone there. I mean, heck, uh, it, 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 the, if that rumor got bolstered by people talking about what the ending might have looked like, yes, I wouldn't be surprised that actually uh, uh, the rumor would fly. But then it was never released in the game, so it remain it remained a rumor, and we're stuck with four endings wherein the two of them. Richter will Richter will be killed by Alucard and only Maria and Alucard will survive. One one ending with one ending with Maria not following Alucard and one end and one ending with Maria falling in love with Alucard. Mm, all right. Well, I guess that that certainly was uh, a rumor that you know. I guess a lot of people might have been interested in it becoming true, but sad to say, it just never happened. All and right. Another ending with. A coma coming out of a cryo, ah. <laughs> a cryo chamber. Oh my goodness! Coma <laughs> will be coming out of the coffin. Yeah, <laughs> if you did the Konami code. <laughs> oh yeah, that's another Konami game. Mm. Oh want... yeah, that's another Konami game. Yeah, that's true. I wonder if the code will work if I try it later. <laughs> mm. All right, and I guess it's back to Joe for the final wrap up. Yes. All right. So it's uh thirty uh three hours. God damn it. Yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. So, um, closing That's remarks. And then, uh, closing remarks regarding the gaming myths and shameless plug. Where can they find you? Mm-hmm. Let's start with Sir JDM. Uh, yes. Uh, closing remarks. One, one, two, three, go. 
Um, I'm streaming on Facebook. Ah, no, not anymore. Because I decided not to continue with Facebook gaming, at least for now, indefinitely. So I'm transitioning to Switch. Uh, do Twitch. It for I'm, do it for I'm switching to Twitch. Switching and to Twitch. Then, uh, yeah, you can catch me Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Um, the time, I can't specify a time now because um, tomorrow, a few hours from now, I'm going to be working on a day shift. So I guess I will be doing uh, my streams uh, in the evening. So uh, see you guys there. All right. Thank you for that, for JDM. How about Sir Dan? Closing remarks and where they can find you. Closing remarks. I enjoyed that. I thought um, I thought there were a lot of interesting uh, things that we focused on there. So I, I learned quite a lot. So thank you very much for that, Sapau. Um, yeah. You want to come and find me? Come to the Sega Genesis Facebook group uh, and keep your eye out for the Sega Mega Masters show that we're going to be doing over the next few months. I'll keep you posted. Or you can also go to his uh, Gmail account, IHateCoronaTrigger.com. That's <laughs> 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 okay. <laughs> All right. How about your Joel? All right. Um, closing remarks. Uh, uh, gaming myths, urban legends, they're still all part of the gaming landscape because we are always looking around to have fun, not just with whatever's already provided to us, but also with what else might be, depending on our imagination. So uh, things like that is are part of the landscape. If you, if, if you think that it adds to the fun of it, very cool. Uh, if it's something that you are pushing to distort a little bit of history, then it's not cool. So I would highly recommend that you do your research research first make sure that the things that you know about are factual or at least have a basis in fact and uh as for me you can find me uh you cannot find me streaming on facebook anymore because <laughs> hashtag fufb okay um the the main reason is because of all the copyright strikes i am not willing to risk my account there anymore uh, streaming DOS games, you get a copyright strike. Whereas if you stream with the oops out, you're perfectly fine. Uh, you can find me on twitch.tv right now under Banyagang Native or on the brand new platform, kick.com. Look for Banyagang Native as well. Please check out my streams over there. Uh, less restrictions, more fun. And of course, it, Pinoy Retro Gaming, the Facebook gaming page, and on Twitch uh, as well. Pinoy Retro Gaming, the organization that helps and educate and entertain you with retro content from the olden days to now. All right, and Chrono Trigger socks fight me dot gmail dot com dot nj. <laughs> <laughs> the one leading the charge for this evening, Sir Power. Where can they find you? And closing remarks. Well, it's still April, so April Fool's. Nah, just kidding. So, <laughs> so oh yeah, right? Uh, it is. Mm. So these bits, we we may be disappointed with some of them, but at least we learned a lot from them. And it's still fun to discover a few, even even at this late point of time. But then, what if? The, what if for those who were busted, they were true? What? How? How different would it be for all of us? And I guess I'm following the footsteps of everyone here to stop streaming on FB anymore. <laughs> mm-hmm. and, if that, and if that's the case, you will still find me on my YouTube, Twitch, also on Kick, and probably I'm gonna start in Restream. Also, uh, also I I post my Twitch links on Ko- on Kofi if you 
if you don't want to go straight up. So hope to see you around. Hope to see you around on my next stream. And I am glad to be in this episode. And I'm glad to have to spend the remaining moments of me being 33 with you here on Time is Happy birthday, mate. Have a good one. Yeah, happy right. birthday, Sir Pao. Happy birthday. Happy birthday, Sir Pao. And so for this episode, guys, so video games are no strangers um, to people who have the wildest imaginations, clearly. Over the years, uh, a lot of games have garnered unwarranted publicity from people coming up with theories, rumors, urban legends. Exaggerations. Even exaggerations, sorry. And even creepypastas, no? Uh, the fr- uh Even the fr- even the first generation of games, even during uh, during the time of Atari, when Warren Robinette uh, initially started his own rumor about a secret room on his game Adventure, only because Atari refused to credit the game developers, so he had to create uh, so he had to create the buzz for himself, just so that he could rec- so that he could be recognized for the game, and from rumors it start it became. Uh, it, it became the very first Easter egg, and then other games took suit. Okay. And we had fun discussing some of the video games that we had uh, uh, that we mentioned earlier, and there were quite a lot of them. And there's there's still a lot to cover in regarding with uh, the urban legends, the myths. But it, it's already been three hours, guys. And which whichever speculations that. Uh, that we that we mentioned, some of them may have some shred of legitimacy, or was there something more that the game developers put on? But who knows? That's why it's for us uh, it's for us gamers to know and to, and to find out as well. And you can catch us our you can catch our previous shows. Uh, you can catch our previous shows by going to the YouTube channel uh, PR uh, Timeless Gamer PRG or just by going to the Facebook page of Pinoy Retro Gaming. Everything's all archived there. Or if you just want to listen to our audio version of our shows, you can just search Timeless Gamer by typing uh, by searching in Spotify or other audio podcast platforms out there. And with that, our games and bodies may grow out of date, but our gaming experiences will forever remain. Hey, Timeless! Timeless! Bye guys. Ta-da. See you guys, see you next time. Put the triggers up. <laughs>